You are tuned in to Sunday Night Showdown. Your source for live pay-per-view coverage of TNA and WWE. It's all part of the plan. With your host, Boom Boom Sexy. <laughs> yeah, baby. Internet Dave. God, I wish someone here knew about computers because that would have gotten a laugh. Mark the Shark DeCarmo. Go ahead, make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. And Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexy. This is my bullshit. The showdown begins now. <laughs> And welcome to live pay-per-view coverage of WWE's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. And guess what? We're starting things off, believe it or not, right here, Baltimore, Maryland, with Triple H and Sheamus in a street fight. Triple H's entrance uh, was apparently (laughs) going on. Triple H not coming through the curtain as the cameraman is in the back. This match has started in the backstage area. Sheamus laying out Triple H uh, with a steel pipe right now. Triple H is down. And it looks like they're going to have to resume this later on in the night. But for right now, Sheamus has gotten uh, basically the best of the game. And it looks like they're either going to throw this one out or have it later on in the night. Sheamus walking away. All of the referees, EMTs, Teddy Long attending to Triple H right now. He is definitely out of this for the moment. But again, guys, welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. We'll be providing you uh, up-to-the-minute updates as this pay-per-view progresses tonight. And we are broadcasting live, loud, and proud from the home of the Hart family in the Canadian West, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And, of course, uh, on the show tonight, we've got the worldwide phenomenon, the man, the myth, the legend. Well, not really. It's just Internet Dave. We've also got Mark the Shark DiCarlo swimming around those uh, waters that melted last night after an incredibly crazy rainstorm mixed with snow in the middle of spring, right here in Calgary. Mark the Shark DiCarlo has joined us. Thank you. The pleasure is all yours. Unfortunately, uh, Harmony Boom Boom Sexay not in the studio tonight. What? She caught a jet plane and is in uh, beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia. Very nice city. And, uh, of course, you know me. I am the uh, Sunday Night Showstopper, the iconic Mr. Money on the Mic. J.J. Sexay, and right now, ladies and gentlemen, the Big Show and the Miz, Show Miz, has entered the ring with their titles. Now, not scheduled tonight on the card, as far as I know, are these two, but it looks like we're going to have some sort of impromptu match with Show Miz. 
Yeah, guys, I, I would certainly feel that this would be uh, the revenge issue with the Hart dynasty that we did not get a chance to have this past Monday because they were stuck in Belfast and couldn't get the flight across the Atlantic. So this is where you book it. This is where the match takes place. And perhaps this is where Brett admits that Show Miz is the greatest tag team in the world. But Shark, great way to start it. I would have loved to have seen the match uh, in, in an Extreme Rules pay-per-view start with a contest that started in the backstage area and worked its way into the ring. Great, great way to start it. And this seems like a very small arena in, in Baltimore to use, but a huge entrance gimmicks that are probably sacrificing 15 to 20% of the, of the seats. But uh, looks like we're going to finally get our chance to have Shomiz uh, humiliate uh, the hitman. Well, uh, Dave, some very astute assumptions about uh, the pay-per-view so far, and uh, apparently this is where the University of uh, Maryland Terraprints men's and women's basketball teams play their games. It's a smaller type arena, seats about uh, 13,000, 14,000 people. They don't even have a video ring, so... Uh, but the arena looks really good. They did, a, as usual, a stellar job with uh, lighting, and uh, the entrance gimmick looks really in interesting this evening. And, you know, last night on SNS Quick Picks, you... Uh, you were on via the Skype line, and you, you made an interesting assumption that you thought that maybe we were going to be treated to a uh, unified tag team title defense by Show Miz, the Miz, and the Big Show against maybe the Hard Times. Did you have some inside information this week? Well, I had to assume that with only seven matches on the card and basically a full week of storylines thrown away, especially the week before a pay-per-view, that they had to do something like this. I mean... I believe it was the Royal Rumble or or Elimination Chamber where oh yeah no it was the Royal Rumble when show when uh, the Miz faced MVP for the uh, United States Championship and then both of them ran into each other later in the evening in the Royal Rumble match so this is a maybe this was the plan all along but this is the basically the substitute for the eighth match segment as Teddy Long heads down to the ring the only real general manager on the roster. And I think uh, the, the the dynasty is about to come down and challenge for these tag belts and probably some sort of extreme rule. Well, and it certainly looks like, uh, if you guys noticed, that the uh, the Miz has been hanging out in Brett Michaels' wardrobe department this week. <laughs> um, and I, I want to report that... Uh, Any updates on yes, Brett Michaels? Yes, yes. Uh, Brett Michaels apparently will be okay. There was oh, some good, uh, good. Uh, bad news as the, the ex-lead singer of Poison... Uh, had a aneurysm at the base of his uh, uh, neck in his brain, and uh, it, it looked bad there for about 24 hours. He wasn't going to make it. And by the way, I want to say that Brett Michaels is a huge wrestling fan and uh, uh, used to go out to a lot of uh, WCW shows. But having said that, um, Teddy Long out there right now apparently setting something up for Showmiz. Sounds like whoever's going to come down to the ring next gets a non-title match, and if they win, they get a title match. Well, we definitely know it's not a mixed tag team of Mickey James and Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> and, and I think Miz <laughs> I think Miz is about to say now that why not just give them the title shot here tonight. We could see some uh, major title changes in this match if that does, in fact, happen. Well, to me, I'm interested in when he's going to defend that United States title again because, really, if you think about it, he's held it for at least three or four months now based on the Royal Rumble. And uh, and and they're as Teddy Long and and um, Show Miz are going back and forth here. I don't know if I'm a, a person in Baltimore. I'm like, yeah, 
I, I, I can tell during TV that this is an important thing to do, but at the very beginning of a tele, at, of a pay-per-view that I paid maybe $200 for, I don't want to watch people talk. Well, again, Dave, they're building up to this, obviously. Oh. He's about to announce it's a title match. Okay, no, it's three teams now. You mean three randomly put together pairs? Oh, you know what? And he keep, Miz keeps running his mouth. He's going to say the tag titles are going to be on the line any minute. I guarantee it. <laughs> Big Show covers the mouth of the Miz. As the Big Show's finally had enough, and, you know, they've been, uh, they've been teasing at heat between the, the Big Show and the Miz over the last couple of weeks on WWE television programming. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that the end of this is going to be them dropping the titles and the Big Show really shutting the Miz up with his size 22 boot in his uh, orifice. Attached to his wrist. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the stipulation now, whoever wins tonight, any team that beats Show Miz will, in fact, they will defend those titles tomorrow night on the big three-hour uh, Raw draft show. So uh, regardless, I think within the next 24 hours, we are going to see some title changes as uh, R-Truth and uh, John Morrison are making their way down wow. right now. They get a revenge match from WrestleMania, that six- or seven-minute uh, starter from from uh, the Showcase of the Immortals. Well, and Dave, I really thought that uh, after um, John Morrison on Friday Night SmackDown attained a uh, token of victory uh, over the current WWE Heavyweight Champion, Swaggering Jack Swagger, uh, and I apologize from off the top from SNS Quick Picks, Quick Picks last night, in referring to Chris Jericho as the current champion, obviously that's not the case. It's actually the Oklahoman Jack Swagger, who, by the week, by the way, this week uh, his one-loss record is a perfect 0-2. And of course, on Friday Night SmackDown, he uh, got pinned by John Morrison. And I really thought that uh, uh, John Morrison would be pushed as a single wrestler now, but uh, back to the tag team of Morrison and Truth. Yes, Truth and Wisdom. As they've, oh, been, like uh, as they've been called, or was it, uh, it was Truth and Wisdom was one that they were going with, and uh, was it Black Magic and White Shadow? Wow, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Ebony and Ivory? No, there, that doesn't work. There you go, work. Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, no, that doesn't work either. That kind of reminds me of Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney, which really doesn't work for me. Michael Jackson. Or Michael Paul Jackson and Paul McCartney, right? Uh, no, actually it was Stevie Wonder and That's oh, what Paul I McCartney. thought. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney Apology did, accepted. did something But thanks for separate. playing. Yeah, it was called The Girl Is Mine. Wow. Sunday Night Showdown now branching off into Name That Tune, ladies so it, and gentlemen. It almost, it almost looks like a gauntlet match here where if Big Show and, and The Miz survive three teams, then they get tomorrow night off, basically. Or if one of these teams pins Show Miz, they get a tag title opportunity. So it's... Uh, it's an, another part of this conventional booking that that the uh, the volcanic ash destroyed the original plan. So this is the uh, fallout, a, a, if you will. This is a quick uh, a quick revision. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm a little disappointed though that this is not a title match. With all these teams, you would think that with Miz talking about how great a tag team they are, they're the greatest tag team of all time. Why not put that to the test and put you know. Titles on the line. I mean, this is an Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Apparently, this is not an Extreme Rules type match, which is interesting. This is the one night of the year they advertise that they go extreme. Well, I think the stipulation is that it, there's the gauntlet stipulation, just like with Punk and Ray, 
where it's going to be a regular match, but with a stipulation. And, I mean, really, if you think about the one-night stand pay-per-views that ECW did, really, it was, uh, they had just regular matches. I mean, Kurt Angle versus versus Randy Orton, Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero, and matches like that. Yeah, we got the tables and the ladders and the chairs later, but uh, to oh me, th- this is all... St- this is the all stipulation pay-per-view, but yeah, I'm disappointed that that we're not going to see some more extreme rules. But like I said, think about where we were, what four years ago when they had the first ECW one night stand. I can remember ex- where and when and exactly what I was doing that night. You were in and the balcony in- with JBL. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. That was, that was so fucking silly, by the way. And 80 percent of the people that were with JBL are now out of the company. Like Edge. Like JBL. Ed. Well, yeah, Edge, well, Christian, although he's left and come back, and who else from that group is still with the company? The uh, the guys that sat in the balcony with the blue and the red shirts representing the the, the Raw and SmackDown brands. And Shofunaki was there that night. <laughs> but, yeah, like the, the Basham brothers and Orlando right. Jordan and... Uh, O.J. Gaga. He, he is now O.J. Gaga. <laughs> he okay? is? Yes. Oh, by the way, for those of you that missed my it, apologies last and, night, and, and you oh, have to hold on. You have to yeah. give that one to uh, to your nemesis, the <laughs> international sensation, oh, uh, Chris Crelly, for coming up with that. that. You mean you were actually able to understand what he said? Oh wait, no, he wrote it, so he, you would be able to understand what he said. Keep talking but, shit, Dave. Keep talking shit. You know what? I've, I've come to a decision, ladies and gentlemen. After last night, with all the uh, diatribe going back and forth, really, it wasn't. From uh, from Crelly because he had no part of it, he wasn't allowed to uh, speak. To speak, it wouldn't so have, it wouldn't have helped him anyway. With with all this going down, I've decided that Internet Dave is going to officially become a character in the EFED. Nice. And at the next upcoming pay per view, hello. Looks wow. like uh, with a oh, <laughs> a move a move uh, over the ropes that uh, John Morrison. What? Yeah. Well. He- what it was for those of you that that are I not watching the pay per view, no. For, for those of you that were n- are do not have the the video of the pay per view, Morrison had a leg scissor around the bicep and and shoulder area of the Big Show. However, he had it on him on from the outside of the ring upside down, and therefore um, they could not even though the Big Show tapped. Uh, Morrison was on the outside, so therefore, no, no, uh, no tap means, and and of course the referee disqualified. Which is, is that the right? same reason why when when uh, Tajiri had the had the uh, tarantula on, the referee would count, and he'd have to let it go. You'd have after to let a it four. go before the count of five. Correct. So if, if you recall that stipulation, now you understand well, what Morrison happened. Morrison didn't just let go. So the referee ago. reached the count of five, and hence. Uh, Ebony and Ivory were disqualified. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and now we have the team of Mark Henry and MVP uh, taking on Showmiz. I think it's very obvious, and Latino points this out perfect in the chat room, it's obvious to us that the Hart Dynasty is going to be the last team to come out and will yeah, score absolutely. a pinfall victory or a submission victory over either Miz or the Big Show. And tomorrow night they're going to get their opportunities. And dare I say it, tomorrow night if they are in fact getting an opportunity on Monday Night Raw at those unified tag team titles, we're going to see some new champions tomorrow night. Bit of a celebration. 
Heart style. And that, may, night. and that may be the swan song for the hitman for quite a while. Um, maybe. 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 It's nice to see that they finally put uh, MVP and uh, Mark, Mark Henry. Henry. Mark Henry. Hey, Kool-Aid! That's what I was trying to feed you with, but all right. Um, anyways, apparently for those of you that, that are part of the IC, IWC Uh-oh. and have read the internet this week, apparently... There was something going on with Mark Henry over in Belfast, Northern Ireland this week where a fan <laughs> oh. uh, got in his face. Um, and big Show hits the big punch on MVP, and Miz turns it around for a pin. Wow. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. How quick. Uh, as I was alluding to earlier, though, uh, Internet Dave is going to become a character on the E-Fed, and it looks like at the next pay-per-view that we do for the E-Fed, uh, we're going to have Crelly and Internet Dave solve their differences inside a steel cage, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Finally, so the, the worldwide phenomenon and the international sensation are going to settle their differences. And I think that for such a match that we're... Oh, my God. Speaking of match, look at the action in the ring as David Hart Smith rolls up the Miz, gets to one, two, three, and that means tomorrow night... On the three-hour draft edition of Monday Night Raw, in fact, the Hart Dynasty will get a shot at Show Miz in those unified tag team titles. And you actually missed the action that happened. Tyson Kidd to the top, hits the heart attack while David Hart Smith had uh, the Miz up, hits it, David Hart Smith with the pin, Bret Hart in the ring right now, telling Miz off. So tomorrow night, I have to say it looks like we're going to have some new unified tag team champions in the Hart Dynasty. All right, and, and a couple of things um, that we need to clear up. Firstly, the, the whole feud, well, we didn't know it was a feud, but I guess it is now in the heat between the self-proclaimed worldwide phenomenon. Hey, and new mayor of Dudleyville. Don't forget about that. The mayor of Dudleyville. What, there, there, there was a vote? Who, 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 were, who was voting? Blubber Ray and, and Brother Devon? Anyways, don't answer that question. No answer is necessary. Four out of five Dudleys recommend Internet Dave All right. be the new mayor. That's, that's fine. But the, and the self-proclaimed international sensation. Wow, we have a worldwide phenomenon against an international sensation. He and, stole and his gimmick. He stole his gimmick. He stole someone's gimmick, yes. Stole your gimmick. Well, you know what? To be a sensation, uh, rumor has it you need to uh, be audible when you speak for more than five seconds, and, and Mr. Crully, and I use the term Mr. Loosely, um, I don't know when when he's been proclaimed the, or by whom he's been proclaimed the international sensation. I suspect, I.D., that he proclaimed himself the international sensation. I think the nature of the match in the E-Fed, the, in Sunday Night Showdown Championship Wrestling, because there's so much heat... Between the two of you now, I personally vote, not that I have a vote, but if I did, I would vote that there needs to be, in the confines of a steel cage, JJ, a special guest referee. And personally, I vote that the special guest referee should be none other than you. Well, if, if that were possible, to have a special guest referee, that would happen. But right. unfortunately, that cannot happen. Ah. Um, oh, that's, that's again, strange. Again, it will be in the confines of a steel cage... The international sensation Crelly versus the worldwide phenomenon Internet Dave, and I do want to I want to say one thing, okay, Dave. 
I don't know when you started the whole worldwide phenomenon gimmick, but I'm pretty sure that Crelly actually has been using the international sensation since about last year sometime. So I think he might actually kind of have a gripe that you possibly stole your gimmick from him. Not only did he steal my gimmick, he also stole Sensational Sean's gimmick because the the co-host of the video game segment on Unplugged is the only Sensation uh, on this in this group, and he even stole it from Jason Sensation, the greatest Owen Hart impression in the universe. So that's a three-time steal by Corelli. So th- this uh, what a bastard of a thief! This th- this thievery has to end. Okay, I'm just going to leave it there. You guys can cut promos on the EFED all you want. but uh, Well, and the best thing, wow. JJ, about them cutting promos uh, against each other in the EFED is that you don't have to listen to them. It's only text. This is very <laughs> true. Uh, looks like now we're setting up for uh, CM Punk taking on Rey Mysterio. Is Brutus the Barber in the background? Uh, you no. know what? It would have been nice to That would have been neat, eh? To have Brutus the Barber Beefcake show up tonight would have been kind of uh, markish. But at the same time, wouldn't he actually be in league with Hogan over in TNA? That'd probably be a big detriment to him getting a job with uh, TNA Wrestling if he actually did something for the WWE here tonight. Uh, Two things I'd like to mention, and uh, I'll try to get them in in this very busy edition of Sunday Night Showdown as we uh, follow the action of the World Wrestling Entertainment's pay-per-view from Baltimore, Maryland tonight, Extreme Rules. Um, two things that uh, today was the funeral for the late great, uh, speaking of phenomenons, the self-proclaimed Canada's greatest athlete, Big Thunder Gene Kaniski, uh, was buried today in his home um, in Point Roberts, Washington. Um, and I, I spoke to uh, one Michelle star, Mike Velios, or Mark Velios, the uh, owner of All-Star Wrestling out of British Columbia, um, last night, and he said there was a rather large gathering at a memorial service in Point Roberts last night, and everybody from uh, uh, Harley Race to Don Leo Jonathan, Ric Flair, both um, Funk Brothers, um, Gerald Briscoe, and a venerable plethora of who's who, uh, Bob Geigel, the longtime promoter of NWA from Kansas City, um, and, and it was a who's who paying tribute to the late, great Gene Kaniski, who a week ago Wednesday passed away at the age of 83. And uh, for those of you that are in and around the 40 to 60-year-old demographic, um, Gene Kaniski in his day uh, faced all the great uh, NWA, AWA, um, and WWF champions um, in his day and had some great matches. I remember... A young man growing up in Winnipeg and watching some great matches that he had against none other than Killer Kowalski, trainer of many great champions. And a little bit later on, we're going to give you a rundown on this past week's uh, happenings in Las Vegas for the annual Cauliflower Alley convention that uh, uh, there was some great inductees, including Jim Ross by Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, and there's a lot of rumors kind of going around as far as Jim Ross is concerned. I actually... uh heard a lot of stuff today in general that the WWE is looking for someone to be the head of their payroll, which is the job that JR previously did for the company. So it appears to me at this point in time, and I want to thank uh, I want to thank my co-host on Unplugged, the sensational Sean, who actually I named Dave. So if anybody stole a gimmick there, I guess that would be 
Corelli's Corelli's influence knows no bounds. The thievery must end, and it will very soon. Shut up, Dave. Ooh, threats. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) uh, thanks to Sean for kind of sending me some some, uh, information on that today. But, yeah, it looks like it's a good possibility that JR is at least done with, uh, with doing anything with World Wrestling Entertainment unless some deal... Uh, you know, comes to fruition, but at the same time, you know, Jim Ross, in my opinion, was never really treated very well by the brass in the WWE ever since he uh, quit the, or basically decided he wanted not to be the uh, talent vice president of, you know, relations position and move back to Oklahoma. It just seems like things went downhill for him from from there well, with the company. And, J.J., the, the timing on everything was very bad uh, I think that, that World Wrestling Entertainment ends up in this scenario with a huge amount of egg on their face because all this happened, you know, right after, unfortunately for JR, that he had a um, a reoccurrence of his Bell's palsy um, condition. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody was looking forward to, and he, he gave intentions on his own, um, Bark's, or pardon me, uh, JR's barbecue website, that in fact he thought that he was going to be part of the announce team with Michael Cole and uh, Jerry the King Lawler for WrestleMania. That didn't happen. A lot of the uh, workers, uh, wrestlers, entertainers, if you will, at WrestleMania were very surprised that in fact JR was not included in any of the broadcast, if if only for a match or two. Um, and I think that a lot of people within the company and certainly that had a knowledge of the situation were were quite upset and, and upset for JR that he wasn't included. And he really skirted the issue, uh, Dave, on his own website um, and turned it around into a bit of a positive that um, that something good would become of it. And, and actually, yesterday he made a posting on his own website that, in fact, D-Day was this week, and by Friday everything will be laid to rest one way or the other. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, one way or the other leads me to believe that he's telling them, come on, let's get a deal, because um, there was also widespread speculation last week that, in fact, he was in, uh, he was in um, some, some negotiations or talks uh, with none other than Bischoff and Hogan at TNA. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, any time a WWE talent, either in the ring or, or uh, on television, when that person's contract is about to expire, every rumor is, oh, they're going to TNA, they're going to TNA. Chris Jericho, when he was having his contract disputes, put a TNA logo on his website, and everybody went ape shit, and it didn't mean anything, and, and he swerved he swerved the IWC. Matt Hardy was like, gee, I haven't been to Orlando in quite a while. That, that might not be a bad idea, and all this other crap. So, to me, un- unless he appears live on Impact a week from tomorrow... He's not part of the roster yet, and he may he may very well appear live a week from tomorrow and join Taz, who left one year ago, pretty much to the day. Wouldn't that now, be a lot of fun? Exactly. Uh, actually, when it came to WrestleMania, I, I was actually uh, going over some some notes from WrestleMania Day itself, and he had posted on the website then that he attended WrestleMania 26 and wanted to be a fan. So, according to what he said. It was his choice, and nobody forced him to uh, to not be a part of the broadcast. As obviously Matt Stryker and Jerry the King Lawler and Michael Cole took took 
control the broadcast as they have this evening. So there's no con- confirmation that says nobody wanted him to do it. It sounds more like he volunteered and he said, I haven't been to, to WrestleMania as a fan in a long, long time, if ever. So it was just a great night to be a fan. So only he knows the real story. And like I said, we'll know in, what, seven days when, what, Saturday's May 1st. So we'll know within eight days. If he's in Orlando in about eight days, we'll we'll know exactly what the resolution was. Of course, he could be headed to uh, Ring of Honor to join his old friend Jimmy Cornette. So who knows what the future holds. Uh, just a response in the chat room from LeSabre. Uh, is the audio to SNS just for updates or play-by-play from the pay-per-view? Yeah, we will be giving updates on what's going on during the match. We'll also be discussing news of the week and other various topics on the show, as we obviously do not stream the pay-per-views. So uh, that's exactly what we're doing here tonight, is letting you know what's going on. A great match is going on right now between Rey Mysterio and CM Punk. CM Punk with a nice backbreaker to the back of Rey Mysterio, following it up with a modified surfboard-type maneuver, trying to get a submission out of Rey Mysterio Jr. I have to... (coughs) Excuse me. I have to (coughs) say at this point that I'm surprised that that the two matches... I guess outside of the women's match that aren't hardcore matches are back to back. Normally you want if you've got a three ring circus, you want the three rings to rotate and 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 uh spin and circulate back and forth versus doing everything in one area, then everything in another, then everything in another because once the first couple of matches of tables and ladders and chairs come come through then People may not want to see a third and then a fourth and a fifth consecutive match in that format. Well, granted. And, you know, I'm, I'm really... There's been a lot of conjecture this past week uh, on various internet wrestling shows and wrestling television talk, talk shows, not only in the States but here in Canada, that, in fact, with World Wrestling Entertainment's new uh, objective of being PG-13, quote-unquote that in fact, how would an Extreme Rules pay-per-view with no blood yeah. color, if you will, um, be accepted by the hardcore fans? And, um, you know, they can do whatever they want. They can feed us a steady diet of, here's what you get. If you don't like it, lump it. But, um, you know, the, the die-hard, long-standing hardcore fans, and fans of wrestling and not sports entertainment, really like their their color and I mean if it's utilized in a forgive the term tasteful way um, I think that that it's got its place and you know as opposed to the way that world wrestling entertainment is going with their PG-13 and colorless format TNA on the other hand and we saw it during lockdown uh, I believe there was color in almost every match except of course the uh, the uh, women's tag team debacle uh, what a beautiful move we just saw as CM Punk actually had uh, Rey Mysterio up for a submission maneuver. Rey turned it into an uh, into an arm uh, an arm whip. A very good match by both of these guys. Straight Edge Society is pretty much at this point staying out of the match, which is very good. Uh, very good match so far, guys. Absolutely. Well, you know, you were talking, Shark, that about TNA's lockdown pay-per-view last week. Five, if not six, individuals... Uh, ble- bled last week, including Ric Flair, and uh, <laughs> and and have some scars on their 
on their forehead to, to, to show that. Nobody's got a better scar than, than J.J. Yes, I think in this room I have the best scar on my forehead. Yes, you do. Period. Yeah, it, I've got, it, it I've got a couple, but, but I was smart enough to, when I had to do the deed, if you will, quote-unquote, that I was smart enough to do it in the hairline so you don't actually do it. But I remember the night that you, that, that happened. That, that was not intentional. It was not. That was that was the night that I got juiced hard way by the wife. Yes. Fun night that was. Let me tell you. That, that, that was g- another one of those did lockdown a, post-game Did, did shows, she use right? a gimmick? Or was, it, was there a weapon involved? Or I, I'm not going to discuss what was used or uh, or how it happened, but uh, just know that... Uh, My guess it was a headboard. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was fun. Let's just put it that way. It was way. fun. Oh, okay. All right. Well, moving right along. I mean, if you're going to bleed, at least it should be fun, correct? Absolutely. Right. Of course, what all the, the hell happened there? All the stitches uh, in my forehead weren't exactly uh, fun. No. fun to get, but uh, you know, thanks to Tim Stein for taking me to the hospital at two o'clock in the morning. Just saying. I don't think I ever heard this story, but uh, and you're we not going really to on the air. We I think, we've, really I think we've heard all we're going to hear. What the hell happened there, JJ? Straight Edge Society is being uh, removed by the referee here, trying as they got a little bit too involved. So now Serena and Luke Gallows go back to the uh, Ouch. go back to the backstage and and. Thank CM you, JJ. Punk seems a lot worse. Thank you, JJ, for that for that recap. Yes, <laughs> I can't remember who said it earlier in the chat, but I kind of chuckled when it flew by. The the postings are happening so quickly that the chat is uh, is flying by us here as I'm trying to pick up the action. But somebody proposed a a uh, mask versus chest hair stipulation. <laughs> that would be funny. Well, you know that would actually be quite funny. I'm still sticking with my pick. I think that CM Punk's going to go over here. Because there's no step if he wins. Exactly. And I think this can continue on a little bit longer. I well, really do. And, Dave, do you have up on... Oh, no, you don't. But your your photographic memory that is the, the worldwide phenomenon. Um, you remember our picks from last night, SNS Quick Picks, well, here I, along the Sunday Night Showdown Wrestling Radio Network. I've, I've got them on the other machine and I'll and I'll get them at the first break and we'll I go think over we, the, we we'll go over the early res, we'll go over the early results at that point but you remember uh, Boom Boom's picks and of course Trade Dog's picks not okay. offhand I mean no at uh, this point right now our secretary like we, was supposed to you know bookmark them and, and keep them there but I have them just the, it not with me at this moment uh, just the idea that I mean really you have to think that this angle is probably finished simply because one of these guys most likely Punk is going to be drafted to Raw tomorrow night. Well, just, just a minute. Just a minute. Go ahead and back up there for a second. If you pronounced him to be the secretary of Sunday Night Showdown with the explicit instructions to, you know, on a on a show-by-show basis to record our, our quick picks, then what in God's name is happening here? Well, no, he does have them. And let me, let me just kind of clear up the situation. Um, I'm having issues with Ustream tonight. And because I couldn't get it up on this computer, I am broadcasting off the, uh, the Shoutcast server. So, Internet Dave has his laptop hooked up to the Shoutcast server and is broadcasting through Ustream using Shoutcast as the main feed. So, the feed you're hearing on Ustream is, in fact, the Shoutcast stream. I think everybody is confused now. I don't see how you're confused. I, I'm just, I'm just joshing. I'm pulling your leg. But anyways, and and we always, we always give uh, Internet Dave the business about his uh, memory. And I've never met a guy with a better memory than him, except for, of course, the walking encyclopedia of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. None other than JJ Sexay. Hey yo. 
as we've got the uh, NWO points from both guys here. This is kind of uh, kind of freaking me out, dudes. <laughs> well, well, your wife has left the building for for what two weeks now? Yeah, yeah, she has left the building, so no new scars for me, thank God. And um, um, my proposal to the powers that be here at uh, uh, the Sunday Night Showdown uh, Wrestling Radio Network for a mobile remote uh, for this Tuesday's Unplugged at the world-renowned French-made adult men's entertainment facility. Has that been approved or not? I'm game. Dave? I have got finals all week. Oh, this Dave's week. not invited. That's okay. Oops. Whoa! <laughs> oh. CM Punk. Oh. CM Punk went for the go to sleep. Rey Mysterio reversed it into the Hurricane Rana. That was outstanding. And damn near got the three count, but Punk with a boot right upside the head of Rey Mysterio as Punk is uh, lounging, getting his breath on the uh, bottom ring rope. Rey Mysterio is down at the moment. Here's the replay. Punk has him up for the uh, go to sleep, and they completely... Took the replay away. That was awesome. That was funny. That was yeah. very funny. And now they're going to reshow it. Yeah. As Punk has him up on the shoulders, Ray with the uh, Hurricane Rana, and I mean almost three. Beautifully done. This has been a very hot crowd in Baltimore tonight, even from uh, R-Truth coming down to the ring to Hart Dynasty winning the opening match to this contest itself. This this has been a very hot Baltimore uh, arena tonight. And you know what? The chemistry between CM Punk and Ray Mysterio on... WWE television programming over the last uh, month or so, basically since WrestleMania, has has just been outstanding, and uh, it's very nice to see that considering all of the, ouch, considering all of the, uh, as uh, Ray goes for the 619, he connects, and he does. Wouldn't it be funny after Mysterio beats Punk? That, a masked man. That Brutus the Barber Beefcake's music hits. Joey Mercury has just gone yeah, under the ring. That's who that is, yeah. He's, he basically does a... Uh, Front face buster. A, yeah, yeah. I, I believe they used to call that the alley-oop back in the day. Okay. And uh, has literally taken Ray to the outside. Now, did I not pick this last night that Punk was going to win this match? You did. Due to interference by Joey Mercury. Did I say that last night? Yes, you on did. On this did. broadcast? Yes, you yes, did. You did. What yes, did we did. just see, ladies and gentlemen? Joey Mercury underneath the ring. The latest member of the Straight Edge Society, very that, likely. That booyaka, booyaka, bitches, I'm right. Okay, give, wow. him, give him two ticks for that. Um, and, and, of course, widespread speculation has been for the last week that, in fact, Joey Matthews, um, uh, for those of you that remember, he was the ECW tag team partner of, tag team champion partner of Christian York. And then yes, after, they were great. When, when he came to uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, of course, was the tag team partner of John Morrison until he got into a world of trouble, was fired very un- unceremoniously, but has cleaned up his act and, in fact, uh, will be living the gimmick that is in his personal life and will be the new fourth member of the Straight Edge Society as Punk hits the go-to-sleep on... Ray Mysterio and rolls him up for the for the three count. There it is. Wow, so good to be right, ladies and gentlemen. So this is the portion of the broadcast where JJ Sexy toot toot blows his own horn again. That's right. Uh, so, Dave, why don't you run down the action for anyone who might just be tuning in on what we've seen so far on this pay per view extravaganza called Extreme Rules? Well, we've had our two non-extreme stipulation matches to this point. Uh, what we saw at the very beginning of the program was Triple H getting ready to come down for uh, the opening match of the of the evening against Sheamus, but Sheamus attacking him backstage and uh, hitting him with a pipe and 
just basically beating the hell out of them in the backstage area. So a very innovative way to start start the show. So obviously they went next to their next plan, which was Show Miz coming down to the ring and basically saying they were the greatest tag team of all time and couldn't have anybody to challenge them. So they were just going to enjoy being the greatest tag team. So <clears throat> so Teddy Long comes down and, and creates a three-match gauntlet that uh, Big Show and The Miz had to try to survive. They got past John Morrison and R-Truth. Then they got past MVP and and Mark Henry, but then quickly after that match con that match ended, the Hart Dynasty hit the Hart Attack and defeated Show Miz for the opportunity to become the tag team champions tomorrow night on Raw during the three hour draft, which should be uh, a a hell of a show as it is every year. And uh, so we got two down and six to go. And with that said, I think we're going to take our first commercial break of the evening. Yes, CM Punk victorious, thanks to the efforts of the returning Joey Mercury, who's yet to really actually be seen under the hoodie, ladies and gentlemen. And who knows whether they're going to call him that. Who knows? He could be yeah. Joey Matthews, Joey Mercury. He could be somebody completely different. We're going to find out uh, a little later on, hopefully tonight or tomorrow night on Raw. But with that said, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back with continuing coverage right here, SundayNightShowdown.com of Extreme Rules by the WWE. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com. 
It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me.
guys. We are back right here, SundayNightShowdown.com, bringing you live coverage of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. As right now, we have JTG and Shad, or actually, should I say Little Richard and Shad in this uh, strap match. And, of course, uh, right now, Shad carrying JTG to all four corners. Uh, Unbeknownst to JTG, he is, or excuse me, unbeknownst to Shad, JTG is hitting all of the buckles as soon as he is. And like I said last night, my prediction for this was that JTG is going to win. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, another prediction correct by yours truly that JTG gets the win over Shad Gaspard at this particular pay-per-view. And I tell you what, I think we took the perfect time for a break, ladies and gentlemen, because this match was the drizzling shits. They did... Oh, turn me up. Hello, there we go. They did the JBL uh, Eddie Guerrero finish with the strap matches, uh, strap match stipulation, where uh, Eddie Guerrero didn't know that JBL was hitting every strap after uh, every turnbuckle after he did. So that's the exact finish. No reaction from the crowd during the match. No reaction to the finish. And uh, Baltimore's telling WWE what they like and what they don't like. Well, and and I mentioned last night on our SNS Quick Pick show that was replayed prior to us going on the air live with this edition of Sunday Night Showdown, that in fact the heat between the two have been uh, has been there. Um, but the former members of, of Crime Time, um, the whole feud is just blah. It's blah with the WWE Universe, and it's blah in itself in the fact that other than it's my time, I really don't think that Chad Gaspar is doing a really good job healing. Uh, apparently this pay-per-view is uh, brought to you by KFC. This is the first time I've ever seen a KFC commercial in the middle of a fucking pay-per-view. Heart attack on a plate. Holy shit. The new KFC double-down sandwich. Which is not available in Canada, I might add. <laughs> you, guys are too, bastards. you guys are too health conscious here. In the States, you can have a fucking you know quadruple fucking patty melt burger at any fucking burger restaurant there, but here you guys are all fucking health conscious. Right, the fucking bastards at KFC—they had come up with a new gimmick and and make a stipulation that it's that it's barred in Canada. Well, fuck them! I'm, I'm boycotting KFC. Well, the first time I went down to Great Falls, which is just on the on the Canada Montana border, uh, we went right to the KFC buffet restaurant, and we, we might have been there for God, 45 minutes. It was just fan. And you know what? For the listeners of Sunday Night Showdown, I, I can honestly say this with beyond a shadow of a doubt, JJ. They don't give a rat's ass about what we just said about KFC. Am I correct? Uh, pretty much. But it looks like <laughs> we're, we're setting up now, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, the World Heavyweight Championship uh, is on the line next as Jack Swagger defends against uh, the Viper, Randy Orton. Of course, they're showing the flashbacks from WrestleMania when Jack Swagger spent 10 minutes trying to grab the briefcase. Off the top of the ladder. Uh, again, Jack Swagger is the world heavyweight champion. If uh, you've been living under a rock and weren't aware of that, has been for about a month now. <laughs> Quit pointing at me, Mark the Shark to Carlo. That wasn't a jab at you. I guess inadvertently it was, but... Uh, Make your point and move on. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like we're setting things up for the world heavyweight championship. Uh, of course, I think our predictions for this particular match... If I'm not mistaken, uh, didn't two of you decide that uh, Randy Orton was going over here? I, I did. No, I have Jack Swagger retaining. Uh, and your and your your wife, Harmony Boom Boom Sexay, picked Randy Orton as well. 
And I'm pretty sure everybody Smart else. Smart woman. Myself, the trade dog, uh, picked Jack Swagger to retain some way, did. somehow. So. And I noticed the trade dog is in the chat right now, and he, he typed phonetically Jack's lisp in referring to Jack's last name as T H W A G G A R. Very good. Very good, uh, trade dog. It, it already flipped past. Somebody just bumped upstairs in the studio. Uh, yes, apparently there is some bumping going on upstairs, but uh, thankfully there's a babysitter up there to handle that. Okay. Oh, uh, lots of interaction with the chat room tonight. Uh, <laughs> someone asked if we were providing KFC uh, for the live stream tonight. No, unfortunately no. we're not. God, that's you not cheap in the budget. Bastards. Get your own damn food. I, I didn't even spring for these motherfuckers when they came over tonight. Get your own double-down sandwiches. That's right. I think that the show actually, is for the listening audience, is more entertaining when we don't eat during the broadcast. Just a theory. Yeah, usually. And, you know, I'm going to work hard this week because I believe, Dave, the next uh, time we're on with a live version of Sunday Night Showdown is three weeks tonight, correct? I believe so, yeah, for TNA Sacrifice as uh, Rob Van Dam is the new TNA World Heavyweight Champion, which cool. has happened since the last time we were on, on the air, Shark. Now, here's, so, here's uh, an idea, guys. Internet Dave, JJ, here's an idea. In my time that I have this week, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to solicit a food sponsor for Sunday Night Showdown, sell some advertising on the, on the SundayNightShowdown.com website, and the stipulation that not only are they going to pay you, JJ, for the advertising space on the website, but they're also going to be the service provider, caterer, of, if you will, of us here in the worldwide studios of Sunday Night Showdown for our live pay-per-views. They'll, they'll have to feed us. What do you think about that? That'll be a good sales pitch. Good luck with that. I mean, uh, if you want to do that, I- I'm all for that. I, I would love some sponsorship uh, for this little radio show that no one's ever heard of, you know. And, and the network that doesn't exist. The Island of Misfit Programming. Right. You know, guys, as Jack Swagger comes down to the ring, despite the 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 quickness that the that the match had to be booked, I really liked the match that uh, he had with uh, the Undertaker this past Monday night on Raw, and I like the new attitude from Jack Swagger. He doesn't smile. He doesn't act goofy. He doesn't laugh. He, he just swaggers. Since he has become the champion, he is uh, a lot more serious and is taking things a lot more seriously. And a lot of people shit on Raw this past week outside of Undertaker and Jack Swagger. I'm going to give them a free pass simply because they could only work with what they had based on the uh, volcanic ash issues. But uh, to me, when we talked last night on Quick Picks, prior to the actual Quick Picks about Shelton Benjamin and the fact that he uh, has been released, and I imagine we'll certainly get into, into more detail about that later on, at least Jack Swagger, who has a similar pedigree to Shelton Benjamin, has this, and that can never be taken away from him. So, I mean, if you think of a guy like Shelton Benjamin who only ever won tag titles and intercontinental titles and U.S. titles, and it's like, where was his world championship? Where was his opportunity? Where was his time to shine? Maybe Jack Swagger took it, <coughs> took it from underneath. And, of course, right now we have the All-American, American Oklahoman standing proud with that World Heavyweight Championship around his waist for what could be the last time. But I think, ladies and gentlemen, there's no way Swagger's losing this title. I agree. 
I think he's got to keep it for right now. The only stipulation I could see that would change that is if, in fact, they had some sort of uh, draft switch tomorrow night where Randy Orton won the World Heavyweight Championship and was drafted either, or either stays on Raw or gets drafted to SmackDown and Swagger goes back to Raw. I, I really don't think we're going to have that. I think that it's safe to say at this point that either John Cena or Randy Orton, one of those two big names, is going to the SmackDown brand. I pray for John Cena because I think it's really going to hurt Randy Orton to get drafted to SmackDown. Every time he goes there, it kills his momentum. And right now, he is the man on the Raw brand. Well, you know, guys, when it comes to the switch from my network TV to the Sci-Fi Channel, I believe the first Friday of October, if I'm not mistaken, by C.J. Bowman from last night, to me, that's really going to tell the story of ratings because there is a slightly different format to recording ratings from the six big networks, which my network TV technically is, compared excuse me, compared to cable television. Um, whenever you compare Raw and SmackDown ratings, there's always that little calculation that you have to do to see which one is really real compared to the other. When, when that switch takes place, it'll be straight cable versus cable, and then we'll really know if it's two, one and a half, two, two and a half, the audience that, uh, that Raw has on Monday nights versus SmackDown. I don't... I'm not convinced that Randy Orton going to SmackDown is is a terrible thing. You guys both believe it is. I don't think it necessarily is. But at the same time, I think Punk or Mysterio is going to Raw. Edge or Jericho is going to Raw. And Randy Orton is going to SmackDown. And maybe he will be the SmackDown World Heavyweight Champion either tonight, although I doubt it, but probably, uh, <clears throat> probably at the next WWE pay-per-view. And with all the different name changes and date changes, I'm not. Sh- I believe it's four weeks from tonight. I'm, I'm uh, forgetting about the name, but they because they've made so many name changes. But <clears throat> to me, it's uh, Randy Orton on Friday nights. Well, and um, as I said last night on uh, SNS Quick Picks, I, I really believe deep down that that Randy Orton is the very fiber of Monday Night Raw, and um, you know coming. There's a lot to think of going into this World Heavyweight Championship match between uh, Swaggering Jack Swagger and the Viper Randy Orton. Um, in that, for those of you that don't know or have been living under a rock somewhere, that in fact Jack Swagger uh, coming into tonight's pay-per-view, in fact, is over two for the week. So uh, whether or not he continues that streak of perfectness, um, we'll find out shortly. But uh, really, all things being equal, I, I'm really of the opinion that Randy Orton should gain a token of victory and the strap tonight over Swagger. But really, anything can happen, and usually does, in world wrestling entertainment. And, um, hey, what, what a great tagline that is. Uh, but anyways, um, the, these two uh, have been building up over the last few weeks, and uh, um, the fans have really, really taken to... Randy Orton, and he really hasn't changed his persona much, his, his mic skills, or his talking on the mic about himself and what he's going to do, really hasn't changed too much since his hard heel days to now, where the fans really like him, and uh, it really reminds me of the, uh, the day, of days gone by when Stone Cold Steve Austin went from the biggest heel in the company to the biggest baby face in the company, yet 
his wrestling in-ring work and his uh, persona on the microphone changed very little. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in this match. And certainly tomorrow night where the confusion begins on the yearly three-hour edition of Monday Night Raw as they do the 2010 draft. And as well, if you guys didn't know, I believe, and Dave, you might know, uh, I believe it's, and I could be wrong on the time, but I believe it's noon mountain time this coming Wednesday. They will do the annual supplemental draft where a few others, I believe last year there was an additional, I think, seven to ten wrestlers that were supplementary drafted from Raw to SmackDown to SmackDown to Raw and ECW, and ECW at the time. Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting week in World Wrestling Entertainment, its programming, and certainly the landscape will change drastically. I would have to say so. I think that, that a lot of the uh, a lot of superstars are getting drafted to different brands. I mean, let's face it, I know we, we've had this argument several times before. A lot of people think that the USA Network is not going to get rid of uh, John Cena. They will, like, protest uh, very avidly to Vince McMahon to keep John Cena on the USA uh, flagship Raw, but to be quite honest, who is left? And somebody made this point earlier as well. Who is left for John Cena to take on on the Raw brand? The only thing that would save that is if you brought The Undertaker over to Raw, which is rumored, quite frankly, could happen. But The Undertaker is not going to be a full-time talent. So, again, you'd have a short little feud with Cena, and that's it. He has literally been through everybody on Raw. He has been on the Raw brand for the last five years. It is time, yes, he was drafted, the first draft pick in the 2005 draft lottery. John Cena was the first pick. In the Vanilla Wigger days. Yes. <laughs> it recently after, like, that was just after he won his first championship from JBL at WrestleMania 21. Again, we've seen drafts come and go. We've seen Orton drafted to SmackDown. We've seen him back at Raw. We've seen him drafted to SmackDown again. The only guy that really hasn't been drafted in five years is the guy that needs to go. And if they are really going to focus on putting uh, SmackDown on the Sci-Fi Channel come this October, I think it's a strong uh, possibility that John Cena could be the guy to jump. Well, you know what? I mean, you think about who John Cena's been through on the Raw brand and who he's been through uh, over the last five years, as you mentioned. Think about who he's been through that are currently on the SmackDown brand. He had a long run with Chris Jericho. He had a fantastic run with Edge. I mean, he's had maybe not an opportunity to face CM Punk if CM Punk stays. He's never faced Ray, but that would be too much of a double baby match, which really wouldn't work too well because the two most over guys in the company against each other just doesn't work. So then who else on SmackDown? John Morrison, uh... Guys like that, perhaps it would be it would be some fresh matchups. So, I think John Cena going to SmackDown is very likely. And if, excuse me, if Randy Orton stays on Raw or switches, make sure that uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. and apparently this new Legacy version two will be on the opposite brand, or else within too early of a time they'll run into each other again, and perhaps. Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase will have a program of their own because apparently uh, Ted's brother is ready to come and apparently the guy who's gotten a lot of hype, the son of Mr. Perfect, is ready to come too as Legacy Version 2 
is ready to go with uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Of course, that's only a rumor, but Ted and Cody on one brand, Randy on the other, no matter what the combination. Well, and of course, the uh, the unit you're talking about, uh, they've been dubbed the Fortunate Sons. Of course, it's uh, going to consist of Ted DiBiase Jr., Brett DiBiase, and uh, Mr. Perfect's son, Joe Henning. So I'm looking forward to that. A specific stable, and I think they're going to stay on the raw brand. To so. me, how, how is that different from Legacy? I mean, it's it's Legacy version two. They might as well just call call it that because Cody Rhodes is not a part, part of it. it. Exactly. And, and for those of you that have not seen any footage of Brett DiBiase in Florida Championship Wrestling, check it out online on their website. He is um, every bit as good as, if not better in ring than his brother Ted DiBiase Jr. And Joe Henning, even though he doesn't have the long blonde locks like his father Kurt, um, he's really bulked up in the last year and uh, he really he really does wrestle like his uh, late great father, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. As uh, I see that the powers that be at Telus TV have uh, given us a bit of a, a free shot at the uh, shoulder by swaggering Jack Swagger into the Viper Randy Orton and hopefully the technical difficulties at TELUS Central will rectify or rectify themselves over the the next minute or so. I don't believe it's a TELUS TV problem. It looks to me like it's a feed problem coming out of Baltimore. Is there any was there any rain scheduled for Baltimore tonight? Yeah, yeah that that looks like a, and I know Dave you'll remember this kind of picture uh bringing back to the days of Bottoms Up Sports Pub when we survived the snowstorm. Yes. Um and uh, what, six uh, inches in probably four hours. That's right. And and I went up on the roof with uh, broom in hand and uh, yes, and uh, swept out the satellite dish and we got our <laughs> feedback. Um, just while we have a, a break, I'm not sure if anybody else has the uh, the same hesitation on their uh, WWE Extreme Rules pay per view. Maybe somebody could enlighten us via the chat. But um, to Santa Loco, who earlier mentioned, and there was uh, somebody else that was also confirming that on an upcoming AAA. Um, Mexican wrestling television show out of uh, out of Mexico City. As we get our feedback, that in fact um, none other than Mexican legend Doctor Wagner will be going up against the former protege or not protege. I, I managed him in Stampede Wrestling for <laughs> for a short time, and I'll, I'll never forget the time where um, the late great Tiger Mahatma Khan, yes. Tiger Khan, if you will. Uh, former Stampede <laughs> Wrestling uh, common, British Commonwealth Mid-Heavyweight Champion oh, decided to pull yours truly over top of himself to protect himself from a senton bomb off the top. Um, and his opponent that night, well, Tiger did protect himself with me, and I was put through the table along with Tiger Khan by the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, uh, extreme one himself, Sabu, and uh, that will be a night that I never forget. And actually, don't remember too much of it after I, I woke up in the in the breasts of the Sharkettes, and, and that made it feel a lot better. <laughs> Not JJ. a bad way to wake up. I uh, just want to kind of break in and say that we do have our feedback. Uh, Telus is actually the cable provider, the phone provider here in the Greater Calgary area, the company that uh, that my wife works for as well. 
And again, this was not a Telus TV problem. It was obviously a feed coming out of the pay-per-view Extreme Rules from Baltimore, Maryland. Seems they might be having some weather issues there, and the satellite feed was uh, was getting cut. And I see Latino seven one eight in the chat is a uh, all of a sudden the self proclaimed uh, pay per view expert of Canadian pay per view providers. Thank you, uh, Latino. So when does Sabu face Doctor Wagner? Like you were talking apparently about? in a couple of weeks, and there was some banter between uh, Santa Loco and and uh, another oh, another chat God. chat room member about uh, Doctor <laughs> Wagner Jr. and Sabu coming up at Triple A JJ. Oh God, I got to break in. Sorry to interrupt you there, Shark. <laughs> we just all. saw two vicious. Shots to the head by the trash can to Jack Swagger from Randy Orton. And Unprotected. he is now that he is now beating the living hell out of Jack Swagger and he's gonna make his lisp that much worse uh, right <laughs> or, there on the announce table. Or he might hit him so hard that he will wipe the lisp from Swagger. It only took about an hour and twenty minutes, but we've got extreme rules <laughs> finally. In uh, in Baltimore, Maryland tonight, but uh, yeah, that is the way you throw a garbage can shot, guys. Right. That is just swagger just oh thrown into the uh, quote unquote steel ring steps. Aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but if you ask Michael Cole, they yes. weigh like a hundred pounds. Yes. you know the steel in quotations ring steps. As uh, uh -oh. Orton is gonna looks like he's gonna go for the Orton stomp. He has the Jack Swagger laid yeah. on top of. Uh, Part of the, the steps there, and oh, oh, he does. He delivers a brutal shot to the head. Right to the side of the ear. Of yeah. the All-American Death Flagger. Yeah, if he didn't have a cauliflower ear before, he may very well likely get one now. He's probably got a ring in his ear. Yeah. It's from the foot of Randy Orton. And, you know, every time Orton does that stomp, I, I can only think of one person. Listen and, to the replay. And that's Hans of Stone, Ronnie Garvin. Oh, oh nice God. unprotected headshot. <laughs> that was one. Can. And that was two. two. Man, oh, man. Unbelievable. Uh, haven't they? Been, I thought there was some inter-house stipulation where management at WWE had told the workers not to take un unprotected chair shots. That was or a garbage can. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's that's the stip. All right. It's no unprotected chair shots to the head. That, in fact, ladies and gentlemen, was a garbage can and, shot. And oh my God, that illegal. Was, that was stiff. That was really stiff. And kudos to. Uh, Swaggering Jack Swagger for taking the two unprotected hair chair, or pardon me, garbage can shots. And you know what? Something is to be said for unprotected chair shots because somebody who we know in this neck of the woods, the former PWA heavyweight champion T-Bone Jack Sloan, in his title match two weeks ago where he lost the PWA title to none other than... Um, Booker T, he took an unprotected chair shot, and I swear to God, it looks like he's got a zipper at the back of his bald cranium now. Uh, we've got Randy Orton setting up. Uh, he is stalking Jack Swagger, setting up for that stalking RKO. And I just want to kind of uh, set the record straight on here. Uh, the Hef just sent me a private message telling me that uh, John Cena was the last Raw draft pick in 2005. You, sir, are incorrect. He was the first draft pick on that program as Jericho opened the show with the highlight reel and John Cena was the first guest on the highlight reel, the first draft pick. If you don't believe that, go and find it, YouTube it. But I am correct in my statement that he was the first draft pick in 2005 from SmackDown to Raw. Look it up. 
and, and far be it for anybody to question the walking encyclopedia of professional wrestling or sports entertainment. The one and only J.J. Sexy as Randy Orton attempts to give the RKO on Jack Swagger on the chair, but I don't know whether it was intentional or not, but he, he kind of slipped and caught his own back on the chair. It, it looked like, a Dave, a, a slip spot. Yeah, not the perfect camera angle, and they may not show a replay here, but... Uh, that didn't look good at all. No, I mean, Swagger can stand up a little bit too easily, and... and, uh, and <laughs> and Randy Orton can stand up a little bit and too difficult. Somewhere, the jobber is yelling, gut-wrench powerbomb. Oh! Gut-wrench powerbomb after that, that missed spot. Wow. Jack Swagger wins this match clean, ladies wow. and gentlemen. Still, your world heavyweight champion, the All-American, American Oklahoman, Jack Swagger. And both of them seem worse for wear on this. You know, Good I, gravy. I'm not Good sure match. whether we're going to see another angle, but later on... We might have to go over the uh, PVR version of it because... Oh, and you know what? They're going to show it. But they're going to show it tight. No? And you know what? Looks like maybe Swagger reversed it? No. Like, no. Look, at the, look at the chair, how it bent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Orton took the brunt of it. Swagger tried to push him away. He still got caught with a little of it. Yeah. And then he follows it up with the gut wrench power bomb. And he is still your world heavyweight champion. I don't think that that was a botch spot at all. I think that was the, the booked finish. With with Orton taking the brunt of the RKO through the it chair, it didn't look like Swagger it, really reversed it though. No, he di- he didn't. He didn't. He didn't move at all. He he went with the flow, went with the RKO, and I, I think that he caught a bit of his head on the chair. We couldn't really tell from the from the front angle, but without a doubt, uh, the Viper Randy Orton took the brunt of that RKO on his own back, bending the the chair severely. Wow! And uh, uh, it, it enabled. Swagger to go for the gut wrench, uh, the Oklahoma power bomb, if you will. It's just the gut wrench power bomb. Exactly, and uh, the Swagger he, bomb. He retains his. Oh, there's the Viper, and he catches Swagger on the outside with an RKO. And uh, good night, have champion we, Swagger. Have we seen Randy Orton feeling this tough after legitimately this tough after a match in in a long time? I really don't. He's trying to hide it well, but I just. I don't think he's uh, nearly as healthy as he was 20 minutes ago. But uh, I, you know what, guys? If that wasn't the finish, it, the finish may have occurred a couple of minutes. It was scheduled to occur a couple of minutes later, and Orton just decided not to lift the shoulder at the two-count mark because that was uh, too messed up of a move to maybe really think it was legit. As who? Oh, here comes Sheamus. And he will walk right past Randy Orton. And he's got the pipe, the rubber pipe in his hand. Apparently, probably going to come out here and cut a promo on Triple H. As that was a Jack Swagger s- needs some help by yeah. a couple of referees heading back. I think that spot took a lot out of both of those guys, gentlemen, and uh, both of them are really going to be feeling it. And this may be uh, a quick distraction. Hey, Sheamus, get the hell out to the ring as soon as possible, because both of these guys are really messed up. Well, and I, after seeing Orton um, administer the the uh, the RKO on Jack Swagger on the outside, and the way that he was talking to one of the referees helping him back, I really think that he's hurt, and I, I really think that that spot didn't go the way it was supposed to, and they they went for a quick finish. Yeah, I think they're both hurt. But we've... 
but we've been fooled before. And now here is the speech therapist for one international sensation, Crelly. Yeah, None make sure other. you listen here, Crelly. None other than This is how somebody's supposed to talk with a microphone in their hand. And, and that's how somebody cuts somebody off when somebody else is talking, which we discussed. So we have one. Uh, now, Internet Dave will spend five minutes after the show tonight in detention. I'm going to put up a fucking penalty box in this fucking house. I like that. The extreme and every, every rules time, penalty box. And every time we cut somebody off, they got to go sit in the fucking penalty box. Does the penalty box uh, have lap dancing? No, it's a punishment, not Damn. a fucking pleasure. All right. Oh, and here's Triple H pushing uh, Jabroni aside. Boy, he took a hell of a, a beating from, uh, from Sheamus off the top of the show. And Triple H favoring severely his left shoulder. Uh, his, his arm is just hanging down. Like we have a, a very bad problem, and Seamus looking at the Titantron as Triple H's music hits, and he comes out to the arena, and we're going to get a uh, quick rebuttal from the cerebral assassin, Triple H. You know, and, and like I said, this started the show off as uh, Seamus attacked Triple H. This is going to be a good way to get Triple H off of TV, as Latino is actually saying. Uh, but I still say that Triple H is going to win this match. Sheamus is going to make a mistake. He's going to he's going to get pinned, hit with a pedigree, and then after the fact, he's going to basically put the beat down on Triple H that much more. So, I think my pick is secure here with uh, with Triple H going over. And it's all about the picks. The no, quick it's picks. about the product too. Yeah, exactly. And so far, other than Shad and JTG, pay per view has been decent. Not too bad. What do you Not think, Dave? Bad. Dave? Well, yeah, like, I mean, the pay-per-view's been okay. I mean, there were a couple of really hard uh, really hard hits with the strap. I mean, Shad and JTG will be feeling it tomorrow, that's for sure. But once again, the uh, the crowd perhaps in Baltimore was a little bit too hot after the first two matches. And, and Dave, uh, I, at, at the, before uh, uh, the referee Jack Doan rang the bell, he asked Triple H, how you doing? And he goes, I'm fine. I'm fucking fine. It's because I can re- read lips, but uh, uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. It should be really interesting to see if the uh, apparent quote-unquote shoulder injury of Triple Eight is the impetus behind him taking the time off to have his uh, uh, bad quadricep looked at again, as we all speculate. But uh, the landscape of WWE changes tomorrow night with the 2010 draft, and we're all looking so forward to that. And, of course, the, the best place to hear the behind-the-scenes skinny, uh, the information, if you will, of the 2010 draft tomorrow night on WWE Raw, of course, is none other than the one of the flagship shows here on the network uh, with your co-hosts, J.J. Sexay and the Trey Dog. Tomorrow night, it should be unbelievable on Wrestling News Live. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward. Uh, I know Trey is as well. Hopefully, we'll have Trey off the phone tomorrow night. And back on the Skype line, where it sounds like he's in the studio with me, which is going to be nice for a change. But we'll definitely be covering all the odds and ends uh, of both TNA Impact and, of course, the big three-hour uh, Monday Night Raw draft show, where the landscape will, in fact, change. I uh, just want to break in and say one thing really quickly. Mr. V has given me a couple of uh, items of interest, uh, the first one being that there is a severe thunderstorm warning in the Baltimore area right now. That's why we had feed problems earlier on as i had mentioned not the uh, cable provider here uh, also 
He wants to know about the penalty box that we're setting up. Does it have the green guys from the Canucks games heckling them? Now, for those of you that don't know, and all of our listeners in the Deep South who don't give a rat's ass about National Hockey League hockey, there is a couple of guys that are in full green suits and masks, which you can't even see what they look like. You can't, it doesn't look like they can even see through the masks, that sit right beside the opposition penalty box at all Vancouver Canucks games at General Motors Place in Vancouver, and they sit there and severely heckle the penalized player from the opposition team. Um, and it's very, very funny, and, and really they, it looks like, they, they, they kind of look like um, the, the tag team from, from PWA, um, the Nightmares number two and four, except they are in green suits, and I really think that uh, they should be drafted to Florida Championship Wrestling and, uh, and uh, be made a tag team. It's not like World Wrestling Entertainment has an overabundance of tag teams. I think last night on Quick Picks, we, JJ, we counted three? We counted three what? Tag teams currently working full-time in, in WWE. Let's see if we can name them. It's the Hart Dynasty. The Dude Busters. The Dude Busters. Dude 1 and Dude 4. No, it's it's Kalen Croft Kalen, and Trent yeah. Beretta. Yes, and actually they're very good. And whom else? And Showmiz. Because Showmiz, yes. As we saw, Mark Henry and and MVP are just kind of two guys put together. Right. And John Morrison and R-Truth are just two guys put together. Yes, but they have a name. They're truth and wisdom. They're a tag right. team now. <coughs> now, we have a show here. They in may the, very likely. We have a show here in Canada tomorrow. that that airs at uh, 5 p.m. Mountain Time on the Score Sports Television Network called WWE Vintage, hosted by none other than WWE Hall of Famer Mean Gene Okerlund. And some of the matches that they've had over the last few weeks reminded me that in the mid '80s, that World Wrestling Federation, at any given time, ID had upwards of a dozen viable tag teams. And, yep. and, and the whole tag team scenario in World Wrestling Entertainment these days is absolutely, to steal a line from our, our, our host of this very show, the drizzling shits. You know what, I think when it comes to tag teams, that. guys are, are just more interested in their individual glory, thinking that they can never get over unless they're an individual, and that they're in a tag team strictly to eventually turn that tag team result into a uh, into a singles match. I mean, I uh, was talking to Chucky Blaze, a local wrestler here from Calgary, who uh, re- who wrestled as a member of a tag team for a long time, and, and he was anxious to get out on his own. He said he preferred singles wrestling, and he was ready to tackle um, the world of wrestling on his own and prove himself as an individual rather than just one half of a pair. And I think that's really the case that uh, that we have now, we're not going to be seeing the fabulous free birds and the and the horsemen and guys like that who who would sacrifice their own individual results for the the greater good of the team. And I think it's just a a realistic way that the wrestling world, both very big and very small, is gonna is currently works. Uh, just kind of want to break in and also give uh, some more news that that's unsubstantiated and unconfirmed as of right now. Uh, but I do want to give credit to Chris Crelly of from headlockstoheadlines.com, the official news source here of uh, Sunday Night Showdown. And credit uh, figure four online basically is where this is coming from. Apparently a commercial was shot for the Sci-Fi Channel to start playing in the summer uh, to push the move of SmackDown to the network in, in October. Four names that we are aware of appear in the commercial, 
They were, in fact, Rey Mysterio, Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston, and Cody Rhodes. The commercial was put together yesterday, or as of yesterday. All were scheduled for SmackDown in October on Sci-Fi. So it looks like we've got Kofi, Swagger, and Rhodes to SmackDown. Not a big, not a big surprise. Swagger is there. I don't think he's going anywhere. Rhodes doesn't belong on the Raw brand, obviously, right now with what they've done. And uh, you know what? Kofi Kingston will be a good fit over on SmackDown. He's had a nice run on the Raw brand, but I think his time has come to a close. Those are all, I would think, pretty safe bets to say they're SmackDown bound. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to be spoiled too much, and we want to leave a, an air of mystery for tomorrow night, of course. But, yeah, I think all logical solutions... Jack Swagger is now your flagship champion on your secondary show. That's obvious after this evening. The winner of Cena and Batista will be the champion on Raw. And uh, Cody Rhodes, like you said, makes sense to go over there. Kofi Kingston makes sense to go over there. Perhaps those will all be supplemental picks that will be announced, but really no no earth-shattering spoilers at this point. But if if we hear earth-shattering spoilers, we're we're not going to spoil it for you. Well, we might. I will. The, the last time I checked, <laughs> I was running this ship. <laughs> well, then, I'll, 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 well, then the I'll, just, I'll just close my ears and and pay attention and make sure I'm, I'm not I'm not listening to them. I'll tell you what, just focus on uh, on your upcoming matchup with Crelly. How's that? You're going to need all the help you can get in that. You better go well, into like heavy said, training at Chili's. You better get in shape, Dave. <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, uh, all all we need to see is what Seamus does as a European guy who uh, has a microphone. That's how you talk into a microphone to make sure that people can understand what you're saying to them. So, uh, Crowley can take some lessons from Seamus. Although, I have to admit that... Is it going to be a, 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 a smack-off on the mic, or is it going to be a wrestling match, JJ? Oh, it's going to be a wrestling event. match. In nice. fact, in fact, I think this week, Dave and I are going to get together, and I'm going to help him get in shape. Since I'm here in Calgary wow. and can do that, I will basically have Dave running behind me to get his ass in shape. So for this of, match. So I, no, none of those double-down sandwiches from KFC, then? Wait, no, wait, wait no, a minute. No, no, no double, so no. you're going to train JJ. Or you're going to train I Internet Dave. I am JJ, Dave. dude. You're going to train Internet <laughs> Dave. And he's going to run behind you. I have kind of a, a flashback to about 1984 where, <laughs> where Gorilla Monsoon was going to get Bobby the Weasel, pardon me, the Brain Heenan in shape. And he had... The weasel running behind him, and why I just, you know, if we could import a weasel suit and put Dave in it, that would that would be funny. Oh, I was just I was just picturing like, uh, you know, a scene from, um, oh, what is it, Mike Tyson's Punch Out with Little Mac and and you know his trainer and you know he's riding a bike and Mac is behind him running or even from Rocky, you know, when they're running and stuff. I, I could yep. see Dave in that role. I mean, I, I got to get him in shape somehow. I mean, you've got a steel cage match, Dave, against Crelly. I'll get him in shape. I'll, I'll give you a, a really necessary item for your cage match, and that's a straight edge society razor blade. <laughs> so, and it's going to have barbed wire at the top too, right? What, you mean we're not going to have it in the Punjabi prison? No, no Punjabi prison. Oh, uh, breaking back to the action, Seamus just just hit his choke breaker move. I guess he calls that the Irish curse on uh, Triple H. He's pounding away. On the face of Triple H, who is prone at this point in time. Sheamus has been all business in this match and really dominated this contest thus far. Well, apparently, uh, according to Headlocks of Headlines, although I won't credit the writer, uh, 
SmackDown vs. Raw 2011, Eight. apparently we'll have all the... I, I believe this is what it said. We'll have all the new uh, WWE um, pay-per-view formats and, and dates and calendars listed. So no more Survivor Series and, and, and backlash on uh, SmackDown versus Raw brand. And you know what? I, I really think for this match between um, Sheamus and Triple H is being billed as a street fight. It's really been anything but a street fight as... Um, Seamus rolls out of the ring and grabs once again the Scott Steiner rubber pipe um, and rolls back into the ring. And really, there's nothing Jack Doan can, referee Jack Doan can do about it other than idly stand in the corner and watch as uh, Seamus went to swing the pipe and missed. And Triple H caught him with, a, uh, uh, with an uppercut. And, and really, would, would the official drink of Seamus be an Irish car bomb? You, you, you had a couple of those, JJ. I have had a couple yeah. Irish car bombs. Oh, and Sheamus just waylays the game with the pipe to the face. This Good could be night. it. Oh. No, Triple H kicks out the last second. Well, he throws the pipe out of the ring. Almost he hits like Michael Cole. Almost like he's trying to hide <laughs> it from a referee. But I don't know. I mean, is this not extreme enough? I mean, no. we're, we're in the... Yeah, I agree with you. We're in, we're in the PGA... Or, excuse me, we're in the PG-13 realm of w, World Wrestling Entertainment... I mean, and Jesus, uh, maybe nothing... they don't want the kids to see two guys beating each other with weapons. Well, there's, but Dave, there's been nothing don't... extreme about this much except for the rubber pipe. I mean, if if it's sponsored by KFC, can't he fucking go underneath the ring and waylay him with a double down? The Hold Irish on. double down. Hold on. He's, he's setting up for oh. the Irish edge, but, but Triple H backs out. Sheamus over the top. Ouch. Very nice series of maneuvers here. The Irish Tri- Edge. The Irish Edge. <laughs> I don't know what he calls it, but what the hell. Do they not have a name for it yet? Just the, cru- cru- the crucifix power bomb is all I can tell ah, you. Need to cut- they should call it the Irish car bomb, for Christ's sake. He does carry a crucifix. I know. I know. <laughs> crucifix power bomb works. All right. Well, that's the same move uh, as, uh, as the gringo killer by Hernandez, isn't yes. it? Yes. It's he- similar. And here's the Irish kendo stick. <laughs> <laughs> The Singapore cane. No, not tonight. It's the no, Irish it's, kendo stick. Yes, the Irish kendo stick. I've it's, actually it's seen the a, Blarney stick. <laughs> I've seen the uh, I've seen kendo sticks, and I wouldn't want to get hit in the back with one. Absolutely not. I've been hit with a kendo stick. So have I. It's no fun. In the back or the head or where? I in the back <laughs> and the head. Various yep. places, my friend. Yep. And also, that's how Harmony gave you that scar. No. Oh, okay. No. No, I, I still, you know. Public opinion is still, it was the headboard gimmick. Uh, you, you can think all you want, <laughs> but you'll never Anyways, know. No. Well, next time um, uh, Harmony Boom Boom Sexay uh, makes an appearance here on Sunday Night Showdown, I might have to go the, uh, Dave, the bribery route with the big bottle of uh, peach vodka, and then maybe it being the booked truth serum, maybe the truth will come to light. Yeah, good luck with that. Maybe As, uh, that and a couple of double-down sandwiches. <laughs> I think we're going to be talking about that Shut all Shut up, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Triple H just destroying Sheamus with what? that uh, Blarney stick. As I've the Blarney stick. It. The yeah. Blarney stick. Oh! And he misses his head and catches him in the quadricep. No, I mean in the uh, in the shoulder. Ouch. Yeah, it's... Uh, and let's not forget, guys, as Triple H goes for the... Uh, pedigree on the on the steel entrance and 
Sheamus reverses it, gives uh, Triple H the back body drop. That's got to hurt. Yeah, I mean, don't forget that John Cena and Batista are still the common last man standing match. To me, I'm not a huge fan of that because of the constant counts to 10. And and to me, they've just done it way too often. I much prefer a stretcher match where you put the guy on the stretcher and uh, race him up the ramp. And if you cross the magic line, you win the match. I, oh, I the like Hardy versus Hardy thing? Yeah, I right. like stretcher matches way more than last man standing matches. But of course, this is the WWE last man standing match, which is a 10 count versus a TNA last man standing match where you require a pinfall, so it's a 13 count. I think they actually reversed that rule, but uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> I'm not a huge last man standing guy, I have to admit. And don't forget that uh, as the action in this match picks up, look at the massive welts across the back, and they're easy to see because Sheamus' skin is so white. But look at the welts across Sheamus' back as he goes for the second super kick, this one in the ring, and Triple H on his back staring at the lights. Actually, he's not staring at anything. I think he's knocked out because his eyelids are closed. But let's not forget that the the project of the push of Sheamus is directly attributable to the time in the gym and in, uh, in workouts and training that Triple H actually is spending with Sheamus. So uh, this match... Uh, you know, and, and Dave, you, you'll hear the the audio from the paper you hear. The uh, the arena is is got a quiet buzz about it. I think they they're reacting to the uh, to the kendo stick shots as Triple H shuts down. Oh. Referee Jack Doan gives him the DX double crotch chop, and the only response that Sheamus had was another super kick to the head, and that this makes it four super kicks to the head. As Jack Doan counts three. Dave, could could you maybe not yell in the microphone? And there's your winner, ladies and gentlemen, of the street fight, the Celtic warrior, Sheamus, as there is a hush in the arena in Baltimore. The new generation is up and coming because Jack Swagger and Sheamus win consecutive matches against Triple H and Randy Orton. This is a huge moment. I gotta say, I'm extremely happy. Even though I picked Triple H, you do recall that I said I want Sheamus to go over, and I'm glad to see that Sheamus got his due over a guy like Triple H. Perhaps now all the critics that sit there and piss and bitch and moan about how awful Sheamus is with a win over Triple H clean at Extreme Rules will stop sipping the internet Kool-Aid and realize this kid has got potential and he's a bona fide superstar in the WWE. And quite frankly, I'm glad to see Sheamus went over tonight. Good job, WWE. Good book. Look at the welts on the back of Sheamus from that from those candlestick shots. You can even see them a bit on this replay. But to me, this is uh, a situation where Sheamus and Jack Swagger had to prove themselves over an extended period of time. I thought both of them captured World Heavyweight Championships too early and that maybe both of them needed an additional six months. But if they can continue these kind of winning streaks, Shark, the sky's the limit, and uh, the crowd is just going to have to get used to the fact that their favorites and the guys they've been fans of for the last 10 years aren't going to win every single match for the next for the next 10 years. And the Cena haters may, may be right, and the uh, Cena might have to be the next person to, uh, to, to take a few losses. Uh, I'm uh, having a bit of a chuckle because in the chat... 
uh, Crowley has typed his best impersonation of Jr. when he said in the chat, "By God, he's got a family." And, and could you could you Internet Dave really imagine Crowley saying that? You couldn't understand him, and neither could I. But anyways, hang on, um, hang on a second. Breaking in really quickly. Triple H, uh, the the EMTs. The referees were trying to put the neck brace on Triple H, trying to help him out of the ring. Triple H will have none of that. He's pushed them away. He's barely walking on his own accord as now the the refs and trainers are trying to get him up there. He's trying to push them off. But a damn good, valiant effort by Triple H. I liked this match a lot. Both oh. guys. And Sheamus with oh, another wow. bicycle kick. That now. makes five. I thought I thought the shark was Booker T for a second there with the... With the five. I thought he was going to do the, uh, the shark rooney Or King Kong Right Bundy. here in five the studio. Five count. No, no. I want to see you do the shark rooney Go ahead. The shark rooney The shark rooney Go ahead. Okay. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here you go. Ah! I think I broke my, my neck. Now, that's pretty close. Uh, now, of course, the EMTs and trainers are going to put Triple H on the stretcher and get him out of there. Very good win for Sheamus tonight, and I like the fact this is obviously going to sell that Triple H is taking some time off. And, of course, there's the replay. Boom, with another bicycle kick. That makes five, ladies and gentlemen. Triple H is freaking dead at this point. Guys, I can remember wow. I can remember four and five years ago uh, watching Monday Night Raw and watching pay-per-views and just the world just talking about how Triple H refused a job, refused a job. And even in the old TNA days, where they were calling Jeff Jarrett Triple J because he refused a job, and it showed a comparison between the two of these two individuals that was very accurate. I don't know what changed in Triple H's head, whether the fact that he knows that uh, he owns one half of <laughs> of this multi-billion-dollar company eventually, or just the idea that maybe he's realizing now that the future is not about him, but. I, as I said on Quick Picks last night, I think he's done more jobs in the last eight months than he did the previous eight years put together. And I don't know what the magic uh, the magic moment was, but Triple H is finally starting to get the picture. Well, I think he did more jobs in 2007, in my honest opinion. But uh, it's good to see that a young guy like Sheamus can get put over tonight in Extreme Rules pay-per-view. And it's a good call. They've definitely been in a major rebuilding phase for this company. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and bring you more continuing coverage of Extreme Rules right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. We'll be right back right after this. Presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. They say those who can't play coach. Apparently, those who can't coach sit 30 rows back, shirtless, shouting obscenities. Oh, that's right, mother. Thanks to you, our team is armed with game-winning tips like catch the ball and throw it. Shout it out loud. You stink. That sucks. What a bunch of losers. 
Not just catcalls, but subtle psychological ploys to prod your team to victory. Reverse psychology. So here's to you, oh sultan of shouting, because while there may be no I in team, thanks to you, there's always an F and a U. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Spoken word dramatic readings of such songs as Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and Rocket Man. Now, Emmy and Golden Globe winning actor, novelist, and musical genius William Shatner finally speaks the lyrics of your favorite WWE superstar entrance themes. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I got the looks. That drives the girls wild. I've got the moves. That really moves them. I send chills up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. And what about this timeless classic? Your time is up. My time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. It's a franchise, boy. I'm China now. You can't see me. My time is now. Booyaka! 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 Six one nine. Hey, Ray Mysterioso. Booyaka! Booyaka! You got your 
Guys, we're back. Sunday night showdown, continuing coverage of Extreme Rules as we uh, have entered the Extreme Makeover match between Beth Phoenix and Michelle McCool for the uh, for the Women's Championship. You know, guys, I got to tell you that uh, the, the song from Randy Orton as a, as an intro back from a break is is a great great choice. I'm really glad I suggested it. But uh, at this point, uh, we've seen. Would a, you like to keep your job here tonight? What she spoke at Sunday night showdown because. The way that you're going right about now with interrupting people when they're talking and laughing when I turn the mic on as we're coming back from break, and then putting yourself over like you're producing the show, I'm well, starting to think Future Endeavor sounds good at this point. Well, I have to admit, I laughed when Michelle McCool hit Beth Phoenix with an ironing board and is about to now hit her with an iron. And well. This is kind of reminding me of the good housekeeping match between Jeff Jarrett and China, But... Uh, <laughs> It was it was a funny moment, but to me, uh, Beth Phoenix has got to win this belt, and I am absolutely uh, cheering her on tonight. I'll tell you what, guys. I have to step away for a moment. I, I hear something major going on uh, in the upstairs part of uh, the house, so I'm going to leave the studio for a few minutes. I'm going to leave it in your capable hands, Mark the Shark DiCarlo. Hey. Well. Well. Tell him about it, Hawk. Anyways, um, no, th- this is a, a, a good as match of uh, as any to absolutely bring everybody up to speed in a in a very momentous um, happening down in Las Vegas, Nevada this past week. Um, majority of the uh, the festivities were on Tuesday and Wednesday um, in Las Vegas. It was the annual Cauliflower Alley convention, and a couple of really good friends of mine. Um, who now both live in Vancouver. Actually, one lives in Red Deer, Alberta, the other one in Vancouver. Mark Velios, uh, known throughout the Western Canadian region as the gorgeous Michelle Starr, the owner of All-Star Wrestling in British Columbia, and none other than the author of Wrestling in the Canadian West, a great book that's out right now. I highly recommend everybody picks it up or goes online um, and gets the book. Um, none other than Vance, Nevada. Uh, we're both down at the Cauliflower Alley Convention in Las Vegas, where this year, uh, inducted into the Cauliflower Alley Hall of Fame, uh, or inducted into Cauliflower Alley, was none other than good old J.R. Jim Ross, and he was inducted by none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Amongst the other inductees, well, uh, Vance Nevada got the James C. Melby um, Award for Journalism in Professional Wrestling, obviously, from his book, Wrestling in the Canadian West, which is a definite must-read, and um, uh, as well as uh, uh, Don Leo Jonathan and a venerable cast of characters, and, and the the uh, attendance this year was very, very good. And um, if you guys are interested in seeing some of the great photos, um, including none other than Butcher Vachon and the Raging Bull himself, Manny Fernandez, go on to a website called um, and I'll get the website right, Dave. Slam Sports is Slam Sports. Slam.ca slam slash wrestling, I think. I think it's slam.ca backslash wrestling. Yeah. And uh, um, on the left-hand column, the top um, 
set of pictures uh, is some of the great pictures from this past week's Cauliflower Alley convention, and it's a uh, a yearly festive occasion where uh, some of the greats of days gone by in the world of professional wrestling are honored by their peers as uh, we were watching the Extreme Rules match or Extreme Makeover match as Beth Phoenix has Michelle McTaker McCool up on the top rope and McCool chucks her off and um, uh, Beth Phoenix lands on her back and and the the crowd once again like in the Shag Gaspar JTG match awfully quiet and uh, I see that that uh, Tricky Vicky Guerrero has gone all out with her wardrobe for the pay-per-view tonight. Um, I've really had it with uh, Vicky Guerrero. It's, it's enough's enough, even though she, she plays her heel spot really well. Um, it's sick and tired of, of looking at her ugly face. And uh, Beth Phoenix gives the front face buster to Michelle McCool. Rolls her up, hooks the leg for the one, two, and three. We have and a new, we women's, have a new champion. women's champion. Wow! I, did did any of us on quick picks? JJ picked that right. I think I had that one too. Did but, you? I know. Yeah. I certainly did not. Well, like and certainly, Dave. What from what they did, uh, uh, lay cool or cool lay, as some of us refer to them, as <laughs> <laughs> uh, what cool lay did to Beth Phoenix when they knocked her out and and smeared. Um, lipstick and mascara all over her her pretty little face this past Friday Night Smackdown. Um, Beth Phoenix gets a token of uh, retribution and takes Michelle McCool's WWE Women's title and uh, payback's a bitch. Beth and Fe- so is Michelle. Yeah, Beth Phoenix seems to be uh, really struggling as she gets to the top rope, but uh, I thought part of the stipulation of this match was that there was supposed to be an extreme makeover where all the the uh, makeup and stuff on that table, table was of ringside, yeah, used against the loser, but apparently it was just something that could be used as a weapon along with uh, all the other items like the ironing board and stuff right now. To me, like I said, guys, last night on Quick Picks, Extreme Rules was the biggest show and best show of last year, WrestleMania 25 included. And... Uh, to me, this has really fallen off the deep end. I mean, maybe it's the whole PG-13 thing that they've really focused on, but this has really fallen apart. All right, guys, I'm back. As I did see the finish for that, I pretty much predicted that Beth Phoenix was going over in this match simply based on the fact that she's had her ass handed to her by Cool in the last couple of weeks, and it was time for the uh, tides to shift. And once again, so far... As far as my picks are concerned, I, I've missed one tonight, and that was Sheamus. And I'm actually happy that I missed that one because Sheamus deserved to go over in that match. Now, I'm back in the studio. Um, to any of you out there that are aspiring to one day get married and have children, don't. <laughs> this is the public service announcement portion of Sunday Night Showdown. Don't have kids. Uh, trust me. Are, are you are you a poster child for vasectomies? At this point in time, I might just be. Wow. Snip, snip. Well, uh, they, they, they just announced that the Collector's Edition WrestleMania 26 DVD set will be available Tuesday, May the 4th. So uh, if you want the full version of the Hall of Fame, that's the day that you'll be able to get it. From the official Hall of Fame producer here at Sunday Night Showdown. Well, I'll see what I can do. But 
<laughs> uh, yeah, it should be a great should be a great DVD with, of course, Ted DiBiase uh, being the headliner of the 2010 Hall of Fame. Right. As uh, Chris Jericho and Edge in their in their cage match is about to take place. Yeah, you might want to take notes in this one, seeing as how you have a cage match coming up soon. Oh, I'll be keeping track. I'll know exactly what what to do and what not to do. And again, as far as the PSA for Sunday Night Showdown is concerned, when it comes to Bush, before you whack it, <laughs> make sure. <laughs> I'm not going to continue that. Well, what the hell did you just say? I don't know. I have no idea, and I don't even think you do. <laughs> but you know what? Actually, what I was going to say is before you whack it, make sure you sack it, okay? Right. There okay. you go. Okie doke. Figure out what the hell that meant, Dave. Anyways, and you know what, JJ? <laughs> if, if Internet Dave... The worldwide phenomenon, Internet Dave, and the international sensation. Why do you keep giving him credit for actually having a name? And the international sensation. He doesn't deserve it. Chris Crowley, get ready for their E-Fed cage match. Will you look at the forehead, the girth of the forehead on Internet Dave, and boy, oh boy, that would be a really colorful spot. Okay, uh, let me just add one thing here. I, this is what I, I don't understand. The ego on Internet Dave tonight is just, really, uh, the, the last couple of, of uh, promos that he has cut or, or shit that he's saying on this program, this is what I understand. How can you be the worldwide phenomenon, Internet Dave, if nobody knows who the fuck Internet Dave is? Well, people are getting to know me better and better every day, but worldwide, worldwide. What was your, you know, before the worldwide phenomenon took place or yes. happened? What was? It, did it take place or was it just a happening? No, I, I eventually figured out how well known around the world I was, so that's where the worldwide phenomenon took place. And of course, and your former from. moniker, and JJ will remember this. Your former moniker was very simply, "Who the fuck is Internet Dave?" Right, so you've really escalated your career since you, yes, gave yourself uh, a bit of a raise. Quite the extreme makeover. He goes from being who the fuck is Internet Dave to the worldwide phenomenon. Well, he had a yes. more of an extreme makeover than either one of the participants, Beth Phoenix or Michelle McCool. What the fuck did they go through that operation of bringing all all, all, exactly. all, all of the the freaking makeup? To ringside and setting up a table they didn't even utilize it. They took one camera shot of it. Yeah, but the best part, the best part of that match is it's over. Right. There should have been a stipulation, kind of like uh, Victoria and Molly Holly, that the winner was able to make over the loser. And that's what I thought all that stuff on that table was going to be exactly for. But as soon as Beth Phoenix won the match, they faded to black and went to the. Uh, WrestleMania 26 DVD commercial. Is it my imagination, ID and JJ? But is Edge looking more and more like Jesus Christ every week? Wow. Well, I thought CM Punk was kind of trying to take that over, but and, and he's he's definitely well. No, actually, Edge's hair color is more like Jesus Christ. But anyways, um, really, did you did you know Jesus Christ personally? Personally, I mean, yes. I, I know you're kind of old, Shark, but I didn't realize you were that old. Oh yeah, we were buddies in Jerusalem back in the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we went to the first ever known to man strip bar oh, in and, beautiful and downtown Jerusalem. Did you uh, to actually attend beautiful the crucifixion? Downtown. That's I was there. Okay. I was there while, while JC was just hanging around. Oh, okay. But anyways, um, have, have you noticed that, that definitely uh, Adam Copeland Edge is completely off the gas? I mean, he's got no pectoral definition whatsoever. Kind of jiggly around the midsection and looking like he's been up for three weeks in Belfast, Northern Ireland. 
Well, apparently based on a uh, on a recent poll I conducted, 100% of those people polled in New Zealand agrees that I am the biggest thing in New Zealand Yeah, right but now. the poster in the chat room has the name of Dick Walker, so take that from the source. Wow. Moving on to the pay-per-view. <coughs> I was watching last Friday's SmackDown replay as Wade Barrett gets speared in the cage by... Uh, by Edge, who I'm just not really digging as a face right now. You know what he's shown? No. Go ahead, Shark. After you, Dave. Um, he uh, He's really shown that after six months off with the uh, with the Achilles tendon injury that he's just not all there physically and not all there mentally, and, and he's still kind of trying to work out the cobwebs and, and get back to where he was in the past. Well, I think that's part of the gimmick is that he's not all there mentally. And uh, I, I hearken back to last night's uh, SNS Quick Pick show when none other than the lovely and talented Harmony Boom Boom Sexay posed the question that if, in fact, Jericho gets speared tonight by Edge and, in fact, gets speared through the cage, would it be the end of the match? Yes. Because her theory was, and I agreed with you, but she shit all over us ten ways from Sunday, that in fact it couldn't be the, the finish because Jericho wouldn't, his back wouldn't be hitting the floor, the cage would be hitting the floor. Did, did you guys ever, after we got off the air, rectify, pardon me, rectify that situation? Did you really just say that? I don't know what you're saying, or what I said, but... No, the situation was not rectified. It doesn't matter... She has her opinions, I have mine, just right. like everybody else is entitled to their opinion. And not necessarily do the two opinions of yours match. Exactly. Right. But, again, I think that uh, the finish I come up with this match where uh, Edge spears Jericho to the outside through the cage, and Jericho hits the floor first, would work in this, in this scenario, and Jericho would win the match. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to this match. And our favorite referee here on Sunday Night Showdown, Little Nate, is on the inside of the cage overseeing the action. Little Nate, boy. And the, the WWE rookie referee, I don't even know his name yet, is on the outside. Uh, Tony O in the chat room says, so the book of Prophet Mark is actually the book of Mark the Shark to Carlo? Quote the shark, nevermore. Yes, please, don't don't quote him. <laughs> As Edge kicks uh, Jericho with a baseball slide to prevent him from even getting into the cage to begin with. Now, we, we certainly don't want this to be a TNA style where every match is a cage match, but none of the matches ever start inside the cage. Hopefully this will uh, end shortly. But, yeah, I mean, when you think about two extreme rules pay-per-views back-to-back uh, with Lockdown and, and WWE, that you can certainly tell that they do it in two different styles. And especially the Hogan-Bischoff era, they're trying to do everything that WWE does not do to try to appeal that to that different demographic. Wow, man. The chat room is divided. I, the heat. Uh, the, the heat going on between you and Crelly. I mean, this is almost like you know how big Twilight was. You had Team Edward and, and Team Jacob. I mean, we've got Team Crelly and Team Internet Dave going on here. Everybody's picking a side. Well, And, and I noticed that the, the, the uh, continents are... are Basically, the sides, I mean, everything everything west of North America seems to be siding with Internet Dave, yet everything uh, east of, of the, the Atlantic is sort of siding with, uh, with the international sensation. 
Well, we'll have to wait and see uh, when the match takes place, what really happens, and, and who can really take the moniker and run with it going forward. As uh, Edge and Jericho are into the ring. Take the moniker and oh, run Does forward. that mean that you're actually putting the Worldwide Phenomenon moniker on the line in this contest, no, 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 no. Let's sweeten the pot. The, Fuck the, this. Well, the nick, I, Fuck this. How about this for a stipulation? The nickname on a pole match in the cage. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whoever wins the match has the right to be called the worldwide phenomenon or the international. Yeah. No, both. Both. The international sensation. And the other one, I like just it. Goes by their their the, regular name. Yes, the other one yes. just goes by their name. So you, but would Dave still be able to be called Internet Dave? He can keep Internet Dave. So this is the only Internet moniker is not on the line. No, no that's because D. H. Smith gave me that name, and okay. that was like seven or eight years ago. Yeah, so. we, we can't take that from him. But I think international sensation and of course worldwide phenomenon have to be on the line. The winner gets both names. I like that. That's bragging rights right there. And I think nice. I'm going to make that match cage match. Between those two, and that's the stipulation. Names on the line. And unfortunately, Dave, you're stuck in the stipulation. You can't get out of this. That's fine with me. That's no tr difficulty at all. I mean, uh, can can I make one request? Even, oh. Even though they can't get involved, can I can I make one request? What? I'd like to, uh, since Andy Knowles is probably too depressed, I, I'd like to have Mickey James as my valet who, who accompanies <laughs> me to the cage. No. No. <laughs> Turned out, uh, wrong, no, no valet. She's still in SmackDown vs. Raw 2010, so she why is. the hell not? Because you can't have managers in a cage match, I'm sorry, No, Dave. but just just you, walking to the ring, that's all I would need. Dave, it's not going to happen. Okay, then Melina. You can't have anyone oh, come right. to the ring he with you. He really wants a valet. How about we afford him the opportunity, if he really wants somebody to come to the ring with him, we'll call up... Harvey Wimpleman, and have him escort Internet Dave to the ring. It's been a very interesting cage match so far as Jericho right now has the advantage over Edge. And uh, JJ, did you see where uh, uh, Edge went for the spear and Jericho stepped aside and he actually speared himself headfirst into the cage? I loved it. That, that was, was a, a great spot. spot. Yep. That's where he weakens the cage for now. <laughs> that might be the spot. That could be the spot. Well, once again, thank you very much to Audio Wrestling, who's... Uh, providing with us with a considerable number of our audience. And if you've never heard us before, we are here for every live WWE and TNA pay-per-view, including three weeks from tonight for Sacrifice and four weeks from tonight for the new, uh, for the new name pay-per-view for May, Over the Limit, uh, replacing the name of Judgment Day previously. So if you've never heard us before and you want to listen to our archives or come and chat live in the chat room, it's SundayNightShowdown.com, and of course we're part of the network of Misfit Shows, the <laughs> the Island of Misfit Toys, but f with Wrestling Radio. It's uh, Wrestling News Live tomorrow night, live after the draft and live after Impact. It's uh, Unplugged at half hour after uh, <clears throat> NXT, and of course the Headlocks Lounge every Friday night as the uh, the network's weekend gets gets started right after SmackDown on the East Coast. And if you're from the West Coast and you get Raw and Impact later, join us for the archives of uh, Wrestling News Live or, or join us for the second half because uh, we, we don't, for, even though we do it live after the East Coast feed, we appreciate everybody from the uh, Pacific and Mountain Time Zones that join us and maybe catch the show a little bit late, but... But we know you're out there, too, and we appreciate uh, 
you joining us uh, every Monday night for, for Wrestling News Live. So don't forget about the West Coast feeds as well. Um, also, um, JJ, if you could bring us up to date on the pending brand new show, uh, as the debut date of the Thursday night show with Nemesis been either named or do you have a start date for us yet? Well, you, you just totally pull shit out of context. Uh, it's called Tombstone Thursday. Tombstone Thursday, great name. And it's going to be debuting next month. I don't have an official date. I've got to get with Nim, Nim. and talk yeah. with him about when he wants to debut this thing. But, yeah, it's going to be next month, and uh, it'll be on Thursday nights. So, And that's a, great, that's a great name for the show, Tombstone Thursday. Absolutely. That, that's a lot of fun. And the other show, Carnage Crew is on when? On Tuesday, prior to Unplugged. Prior to they Unplugged. They actually start, I believe, at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. And they usually have uh, different guests on their show. A uh, very good show in the Carnage Crew. The Casey Carnage. So it's it's basically Carnage Crew, then NXT, then Unplugged. Well, yes, we don't broadcast NXT, Dave. Well, no, but you can kind of have a triple header uh, of wrestling coverage on Tuesday nights. And then the, the other show that emanates from Europe is on Sundays at... Noon Mountain, and it's called. Uh, it's called Ministry of Slam, but Ministry I Ministry of Slam. Apparently, they haven't been broadcasting the last couple of weeks on this oh. website, so I've got to figure out what's going on. But again, this is uh, we're, we're covering the pay per view right now, as uh, Jericho and Edge come off the top of the cage, and uh, Edge is actually in the walls of Jericho. Very nice setup there. Could he tap out right here to the walls of Jericho? He could, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, like well. we. Like we were saying earlier with Punk and Mysterio, you have to think that one of these guys is is staying on SmackDown and the other one's going to Raw. Did you see, guys see that sign? It's right there. Ask him. Ask him. <laughs> <laughs> That's of course Jericho's famous for that line when he gets his uh, opponent into the walls of Jericho or any other finisher that he's used over the years. He continuously gives the the verbal uh, tirade to the referee to ask him to submit. That guy might be Tyson Kidd's number one fan, just like Mr. Anderson is my number one fan. So, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an it's a mi- missing art that kind of disappeared with the dungeon, where uh, <laughs> they encouraged the referee to to check on the opponent and make sure that he actually wanted to submit. It's one of those little old school ideas that will probably expire very soon. You know, maybe it's just me, guys, but uh, I'm thinking that a cage match on this Extreme Rules pay per view. Especially after seeing last week uh, a complete three-hour pay-per-view full of cage matches might be overkill. Now, I know that the WWE likes to book stuff and that they like to do things differently. But, you know, of all the matches that we could have had, you know, why did it have to be a cage match? Seriously, I know that a lot of people accentuate the fact that the cage is your blow-off match. And I can relate to that. But after seeing three hours of cage matches last week, did I really want to watch a cage match on pay-per-view tonight? That really is the question, ladies and gentlemen. Well, and and if, in fact, we're going to see any color on this pay-per-view, you would assume that this match would be the one. But uh, I don't get any indications that that's going to be the fact at all. Well, don't forget, guys, that this is basically the first of the big transition of spring and summer pay-per-views that... WWE made changes from compared to 2009, it's perhaps no coincidence that they moved extreme rules from June to late April as Jericho makes a quick run out to the cage, but but Edge catches him 
as uh, he's got his hands on the floor, but that's about it, does Chris Jericho at this point. Grab Although he's grabbing that chair and will probably bring it into the cage with him. Or the backhanded up, up. No, I thought for a second he was going to oh. do the old back chair shot right into the top of the cranium of Edge. Can't. Oh, he got the slammed the cage door on the top of Edge's chair, a hair and head, and uh, Edge is down in the middle of the ring and it looks like he's dead. And that is legal, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. But perhaps... It is no coincidence that they've moved the show to the week after lockdown so that people uh, who don't want to see two consecutive weeks of, of hardcore matches are going to pick WWEs instead of TNA lockdowns. Uh, that could be a very logical idea. As Chris we're Jericho, about to see Jericho exit the cage and go on to the Vibony, he thinks better of it. He knew he could have won the match at that point, but decides, no, I don't want to just win the match I want to beat the living hell out of Edge as he tells the exterior referee to lock the door again and goes back, grabs the chair, and is going to waylay Edge. And sometimes the uh, the ego of a heel is his worst uh, is his worst trait and can come back to bite him. Hmm. Ego. You said that. Hmm. Go figure. Well, Ooh. you never know. I'm not guaranteeing. <laughs> Even though I'm guaranteeing victory, I I can't. Two and a half by Edge after a spear. But uh, even though I'm guaranteeing victory, there's, I'm not saying that my ego is going to be any, uh, any bigger than anyone else's. Well, Edge goes for the pin there, and uh, you know Jericho kicks out. Very nice spot with the spear as Jericho had the chair. I like that. I like it. The business is picked up in this match. All right, well, let's uh, talk about what we've already seen. And that was uh, the Hart Dynasty winning a tag title shot tomorrow night on Raw against Show Miz after a three-team gauntlet match that that uh, <coughs> excuse me Show Miz survived to the end. We saw Rey Mysterio lose to CM Punk, so CM Punk keeps his hair. We saw Beth Phoenix win the Women's Championship over Michelle McTaker. We saw Sheamus defeat Triple H. We saw Randy Orton lose to Jack Swagger in a in a very interesting match with a very interesting finish. And, of course, we saw JTG defeat Shad in the strap match earlier tonight in Baltimore as uh, as this cage match is starting to, to, to really get riled up and the fans in Baltimore are starting to wake up. Um, just a question to the both of you, Internet Dave and, uh, and JJ. Um, do you guys think that with the clearing of the of the map a little bit with the seven future endeavorments this past week in world wrestling entertainment that in fact that going into the draft tomorrow night that there will be an influx of new talent on either roster from either the NXT um, roster or well not the NXT roster per se they have not finished off their thing but do you, you foresee the, the influx of any new talent in either uh, Raw or SmackDown coming up? Yeah, the Fortunate Sons are going to be debuting on Raw very soon. Uh, Joe Hennig and Brett DiBiase. I'm sure right. we'll, we might see some uh, new talents on SmackDown as well. Uh, whatever happened to Vance Archer? I thought that he was on the SmackDown brand, and I have yet to see Vance Archer on TV well, it's since funny CCW went off the air. It's fi- funny you mentioned Vance Archer, the artist formerly known as uh, Lance Hoyt. Uh, and there was a, I was surfing around this afternoon, and on one of the uh, 
more reputable websites there are out there for wrestling information other than from headlocksheadlines.com is on PW Insider, and they had a link up with uh, uh, a picture of um, Lance Hoyt Vance Archer uh, in a beard, and he had a and apparently they have a new direction for him, and um, they're keeping him off TV for the next little while, and and apparently there's going to be a uh, an extreme makeover to his career. Um, Another one? Yes. Apparently he's been ba- yeah back down in Florida Championship Wrestling. So. All right, here's the spot we're going to see as Edge making his way to his feet. Jericho is almost to the outside of the cage. He's on the opposite side. Hanging from the trussing. And he's just got to let go and he'll win this match. But Edge has a hold of him. He's got a hold of him and uh, won't let go of, of, of Jericho. And now Edge climbing to the top, and he's sitting on top of the uh, trussing. And, of course, this, this cage that WWE uses now as, he's hold, as Edge is holding Jericho by the tights to uh, keep him on top of the trussing. Yeah, careful we don't see a, a wardrobe malfunction there. That would be sick and wrong. I, I would hate to see Jericho show his ass tonight sick in this match. Sick and wrong. But uh, each of them are punching the living bejesus out of each other while seated on the top trussing at the top of the cage. Yeah, this is the second time in the last two or three minutes that Jericho was on the opposite side of the cage and Edge was successful in dragging him over to to get back inside of the ring. And uh, Jericho's standing on the ropes right now at, at this point. Is it just me or does it seem like this match is kind of dragging on... Uh, it's just no, right it's, now. It's, it's not, not very you. exciting. It's not you, and it's it's not very exciting. And the quietness of the crowd in the arena in Baltimore is a uh, is a good focal point of 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 this. As as Jericho goes for the code breaker, uh, and that was a very nice maneuver, jumping from rope to where Edge was situated on top of the the diagonally opposite rope, and uh, they're both on their backs trying to catch their win now. This is basically the same kind of lull that we saw in the WrestleMania match, and when you heard a lot of the people uh, do do all the post shows about WrestleMania, they thought that this match really drugged the, the pay-per-view down and, and that these two guys didn't really have the chemistry in the ring that they did on the microphones. And once again, this goes further back to what I was saying about Edge. Just He seems a little bit, not out of shape, but just out of practice after that long injury. Well, now here's the thing. I, I just have to break in for a second. We just saw the replay where Jericho looked like he was doing the spot where he runs, jumps off the uh, the ropes, and hits the the drop kick, but he connected with a code breaker from the top rope, basically to Edge. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. He shouldn't be getting back up after that. I mean, that's that's a major finish right there. Uh, how many code breakers have we seen Jericho hit on Edge in this match? And Edge is just really not selling. The code breaker. Either that or it's just the worst finish in the world. Uh, to me, like the psychology in this match is not going over so well tonight. It's dragging on. I don't know how long they've been given for this, but please, God, end this match soon. And I really thought that going into Extreme Rules tonight, that this might be, if not the, one of the top two matches on the card. And I'm I'm rather shocked, given the chemistry of, of Adam Copeland and Chris Jericho, that it hasn't been a lot better than what it has been, but um, I, I don't know. It seems like there's something wrong. Well, Shark, were they in the dungeon at the same time? I know they were no. both. No. Okay. No, Chris, Jer- Chris Jericho was way, way before uh, 
Adam Copeland. And Adam Copeland was never in the dungeon, in the dungeon at all. He was actually trained by Bret Hart and uh, uh, former Stampede Wrestling and, and excellent former North American heavyweight champion Leo Burke at Bret's gym. And it was around the same, uh, all at the same time where Adam Copeland, um, Christian, and Mark Henry were all being trained by Bret and Leo Burke at the same time. So that was probably about five years later then. Really, because right. I, I was under the impression that Edge was trained in Toronto by uh, Ron Hutchinson. Well, and he was also trained by Killer Kowalski. Who was also the trainer of Trish Stratus, Correct. if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's right. And uh, um, Chris Jericho, no, he was in the dungeon right after Stampede shut down and actually was part of the, uh, uh, the whole crew. There was... Um, Jericho and um, Mike Lazansky and Lenny Sinclair, who actually went on to be Dr. Luther, and Rick Bogner, who went on to be Razor Ramon II, and they all buggered off to Japan all at the same time and worked for a promotion called FMW, which at the time was the uh, famous Japanese hardcore promotion that... Uh, some of its graduates included uh, Mike Awesome, the late great Mike uh, Awesome, and uh, a lot of other famous uh, uh, wrestlers that uh, that went on to see have fame and fortune in, in the business. But uh, um, no, uh, to answer your question, Dave Jericho was in the dungeon uh, long before Edge was uh, being trained by by Bret Hart and Leo Burke here in Calgary. Uh, Hayabusa is another one that comes to mind. We right. talk about FMW and. It's a shame that his career came to an end when it did, because that guy, I think, could have been a major star here in America. But a botched moonsault, you land yeah. on your head, you're paralyzed. I mean, it's pretty much over from that there was point. Another, there was another guy who was a, a, a pleasure to watch um, who made his mark in um, FMW in many, many great matches with Mike Awesome. And then later on, they went to have, have some awesome matches, forgive the pun, in ECW, and of course, JJ, remember who I'm talking about? I'm uh, who are you talking about exactly? The Japanese star Masato Tanaka. Masato Tanaka. Yeah. Masato Tanaka, who who uh, apparently now is uh, on the verge of making a deal to believe it or not. I thought I'd never say this. Um, work in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So wow. Masato Tanaka, one of a one of the great all time great Japanese stars who really never had much uh, exposure in the North American scene, except for a short time that he had a bunch of great matches with Mike Awesome in the old ECW. Yeah, and I mean, when you, co when you compare ECW to, to FMW, you thought ECW was extreme, and it was, but I would say multiply that by about five, and that's where uh, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling in Japan was. That was crazy. Purve purveyor of the Roaring Elbow, remember that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, here's the finish of the match as uh, Edge has just speared Jericho. And Edge goes over, ladies and gentlemen, clean right in the middle of the ring. One of the worst cage matches of all time, except for some of the spots wow. that they did up top. I'm just, I'm just shocked. And this is two in a row. This is WrestleMania and, and this back-to-back. -back. I mean, let me ask you this, Shark. I mean, is the lack of reaction from the crowd in Baltimore going to affect people who like us who really know what we're watching and say their apathy kind of created apathy with ourselves or are they just a small degree because like i said same thing in in phoenix they 
struggled to get a, a crowd reaction from 72,000 people. This is two in a row, and this is shocking to me. Well, two things to answer your question. One, I really don't think that with Edge's reemergence into WWE after his layoff due to the uh, Achilles tendon injury, that they've they that he's really given, and the writers have really given the fans. Uh, a really good reason to cheer hard for him and be accepted as a, a true fan favorite in the WWE Universe. Um, a and B, you really got to think that the powers that be after this Extreme Rules pay-per-view are really going to have to rethink, J.J., their, their scenario and their thought process with respect to this Extreme Rules PG-13 pay-per-view. Uh, Last year's, as Dave mentioned earlier on in the show, last year's was stellar. Yeah, pay-per-view of the year last my, year. My favorite pay-per-view last year was Extreme Rules. And this watered-down PG-13 version has been, J.J., at best, not good. Well, like I said, I, the fact they've gone PG really does hurt the product. Uh, this is this is a pay-per-view based on Extreme Rules-type matches. And we've seen no color all night in any match. To me, that's not a requirement. But No, it's not. But in a cage match, that happens, Dave. I mean, you have to expect to see blood in a cage match. Getting hit over the head with trash cans, you, you expect to see blood. Uh, I, I just feel like they're dropping the ball. I know they want to go with this PG rating. And I think TNA is smart for picking up the fact that WWE is doing the opposite. If they would remember back to the facts when they were almost run out of business by a little company called WCW, they had to resort to doing things off the cuff. They had to resort to going to an edgier style product where it went to that 18 to 34 demographic of people that didn't want to see kitty bullshit. And that's exactly what WWE has embraced is uh, the kid-friendly product. And I think that in the long run, this is going to, I mean, sure, uh, for kids and families, I'm sure it's helping their buy rates, but for those that are not really interested in watching kiddie shows, TNA is more of a viable option. And I think that's going to be one of the main factors that propels TNA to a higher rating in the very near future. Whether you like TNA or you don't, despite the fact they're, they're losing this ratings war, they are gaining momentum, ladies and gentlemen. And and I could agree with you more, uh, JJ. And, and the simple fact of the matter is, is that the die-hard wrestling fan, not sports entertainment fan, but the die-hard wrestling fan, if you can get over, and I, th I think we're going to soon see, probably the the end. Dear God, I hope so. Of the whole Team Hogan, Team Flair thing, and then when that blows over, and Hogan and Bischoff go back to the figureheads that that should be. And that Ric Flair goes back to just managing uh, AJ Styles, now the former TNA World Heavyweight Champion, that RVD, Rob Van Dam, is now the champion, that when you, you cut through all the cake and all the shit, that the wrestling matches in TNA lately have gone up exponentially and, and are a lot better. And the matches... In World Wrestling Entertainment, I don't know what it is, but since Mania, they've taken a turn for the worse. And the build to Mania, match by match, and we all sat here on many shows prior to, to Mania uh, applauding and giving kudos and, and props 
to not only the, the wrestlers, the workers in WWE, but the, the booking and everything that was going on with the build to WrestleMania. And as, as great as that was, something's been missing since. Yeah, the, the hokiness of, of lockdown and the 18 guys all blading last, last Sunday aside, you could make the argument that lockdown has been a better show than this has. And, I mean, I can't expect this... I, I have to disagree. No, but, I mean, like, if, if you take all the stupidity of, of uh, Abyss with the Hall of Fame ring and all that other bullshit... And, could, and the whole Team Hogan, Team Flair yeah, you, event. Yeah, you may be able to make that argument. So, a couple of quick points. Either this, dis, either this Extreme Rules disappears in 2011, or it gets a lot more hardcore to make up for this year. That's one point. The other point is... The crowd in Orlando popped huge for Samoa Joe. He's a face. He's on the right side of the ledger now. And people want to see him beat the fuck out of his opponents. And they're ready They're ready to embrace Samoa Joe again. Not only the crowd in Orlando that goes every week, but the fans uh, around, the, around the world. They want to see Samoa Joe destroy people. And hopefully TNA will uh, finally pay them off. I tell you what, I'd like to see... On a dream match note, I would love to see RVD and Samoa Joe for the title at Bound for Glory this year. To me, that would be a pretty pretty spectacular uh, matchup there. Um, I, I kind of want to break in and read an email that, uh, that we got uh, from one of our, our regulars, Anthony, from Hillmore, California. Uh, hey there, Showdown guys. I'm emailing you to ask, what do you, who do you think will be drafted to Raw and SmackDown on the on the up the oncoming draft show? Jeez, what the hell's wrong with me tonight? For me, I think John Cena should go to SmackDown for at least a year. I could probably it could probably help the show when they move to Sci-Fi. Wouldn't mind seeing a possible Cena versus Rey Mysterio match. Now we actually did cover that a little earlier. And uh, we're all in, in agreement here that Cena needs to go back to SmackDown simply because he's been on the Raw brand now for five years and hasn't been drafted since. And let's face it, there's nothing on Raw left for him to do. He's done it all. It's time to see a new dynamic and a move to SmackDown. So I completely agree with you there, Anthony. I think Rey Mysterio and Cena could be a very interesting matchup. Uh, it's been teased before but never really happened. And uh, I would like to see that, quite frankly. Uh, Anthony also continues with, if Cena does get drafted, then I feel that Orton should stay on Raw and become their champion. I agree. Uh, we could then get Orton versus Edge or Chris Jericho, since it's likely one of those two will be going to Raw. I think that's a really good point. I want to see Orton remain on Raw, but I just have this feeling that tomorrow night, we're going to see Randy Orton get drafted over to SmackDown. I don't want to see that, but I think that's going to happen. Well, and anything is possible tomorrow night on the uh, draft. And thanks again to Anthony for uh, uh, emailing into us. And I believe we, we still have some other points to make with respect to uh, Anthony's email. So go ahead, JJ. And lastly, with Survivor Series being discontinued, do you think the WWE will go to have the rest of that pay-per-view uh, in the anthology collection? 1997 to 2009 has yet to be out in collection packs or volumes, and it would be difficult to get them all separately. They have started doing the anthologies with Survivor Series. I've picked up some of those myself. I think that they probably will finish out the anthology just to have it. Personally, I think this is a stupid move 
by World Wrestling Entertainment to discontinue one of the big four pay-per-views that they have every year and have, have had for the last 20 years. Uh, Survivor Series has always been one of my favorite concept pay-per-views, and the fact that Vince McMahon feels that it's passe and it's outlived its usefulness to me is just beyond measure, considering that you have the same type of gimmick with bragging rights that you had for Survivor Series last year. And to get rid of a pay-per-view staple like Survivor Series is going to shoot them in the foot, and I think it's a bad business move. So I'm very disappointed that they have decided to go with that business move by getting rid of Survivor Series. But yeah, to answer your question, I think that they will continue with the anthology until uh, they are done with the Survivor Series anthology packs. So, And uh, thanks again, Anthony, for the email. And, uh, and further on the whole Survivor Series issue, I personally uh, as well agree with, with what J.J. just said in, in the fact that one of the staple pay-per-views on the WWE pay-per-view event calendar on a yearly basis was the long-standing great pay-per-view, uh, great gimmick. Teams of five strive to survive. Uh, single Survivor Series matches, uh, um, you know, where the winner of the Survivor Series got a shot at the champion uh, was was fantastic. And it, it certainly made for an easy build from the previous pay-per-view to the Survivor Series pay-per-view, and it was uh, always well done. And why, on one hand, Vince McMahon has been um, pushed towards telling the history of professional wrestling through the release of DVDs that World Wrestling Entertainment has done over the last few years. Yet, on the other hand, he turns away from tradition in in gassing uh, a favorite pay-per-view of many, many people around the world that is survivor series and uh um i hasten to say that we've not seen the last of survivor series and i'd like to say and believe that at some point down the road we'll see the reemergence of it well you know what i mean you could honestly make the comparison that bragging rights has taken over for survivor series because it's a raw versus smackdown type of issue versus the uh the five on five teams i, I mean both both um, have the similar point where I could make the argument that both really accomplished nothing in a, in a long-term situation and that more people would buy Survivor Series because they had the impression that it was one of the big four where year by year by year it has decreased in its importance. Plus the fact that if teams of five strive to survive, they're not really going to, unless it's like the Royal Rumble where where issues get solved or new issues get created, it really doesn't go anywhere. To me, bragging rights will eventually wear out its welcome because if they're going to have these big multi-man tag matches to decide who's a better brand, Raw or SmackDown, and the entire evening is about Raw versus SmackDown matches, that gets tiring also. Yeah, they're building off the idea of Raw versus SmackDown uh, video game series, but to me, bragging rights has less of a shelf life than than Survivor Series, and I mean, it's a case where in any major company, no matter wrestling or any type of business, you want to rebrand yourself, you want to re-identify yourself, and sometimes things aren't going to stay the way they were over 75 years. I mean, you think about the fact that Coke and Pepsi change their logo every three or four years. They don't need to. They don't need to spend a dime 
to rebrand their logo because they're still going to sell as much Coke and Pepsi as they did the day before. But they want to rebrand themselves. They want to re-identify themselves. They want to give themselves a fresh look for a fresh audience. And, I mean, even though (laughs) Coke and Pepsi are going to be around for 100 years, they still feel that they're in huge competition with each other and are going to do anything they can to, to destroy the other one. And even though, like I said, neither one of them needs to spend a nickel on advertising or a nickel on rebranding, they do it anyway just to identify themselves to a fresh audience. You don't want the same logos you had in the 1950s. I mean, if World Wrestling, when World Wrestling Federation, they went from the traditional 80s logo to the to the scratch logo with the with the F. Of course, that has now been eliminated. It was part of that attitude area and part of a rebranding and part of a a change. So, Survivor Series disappearing to me was not a huge shock as much as it was for other people. It was a big shock, I'll admit it, but it wasn't a tremendous shock like it was to other people. And don't be surprised if in three to four years, maybe over the limit and and bragging rights get retired, just like Backlash and Judgment Day got retired. Well, fuck it. Why don't we just uh, retire the Royal Rumble? Why don't we retire SummerSlam? Considering these are all pay-per-views that originated as the Big Four when they started pay-per-view. I mean, Royal Rumble, it kills me. Every year I wonder, are they going to change the name of this to 30-Man Battle Royal or Over the Top or some stupid shit like that? Do we have to rename every pay-per-view? Backlash was a good concept because it was a revenge pay-per-view based on what happened at WrestleMania. It was the Backlash from Mania. Exactly. It was a great name. It was a great name. I mean, honestly, Survivor Series had a great name to it as well. But, you know, Ouch. just because they feel that the concept is passé, why not keep the Survivor Series name and just revamp the pay-per-view? Or you only have one Survivor Series match between Raw and SmackDown since we only have two brands. Oh, wait, they did that. It's called bragging rights. Again, Vince, what the fuck? Well, and here's the thing, I mean... Uh, obviously, they're going in World Wrestling Entertainment. They're going through a huge changing of the guard. In the last, you know, couple of years, Flair gone, Michaels gone, uh, Triple H now going to take some time off. Uh, Batista rumored to be on his way out. Uh, new champions in in uh, all all the way around the board. Um, and you know, this is all part of what World Wrestling Entertainment is doing in in the escalation of their developmental product and wrestlers slash entertainers and bringing them into the main main event storylines and picture. And I guess they feel that it's uh, of a huge necessity to, along with that, change the name of their pay-per-views. And, uh, you know, they're going to do whatever they want, no matter what we say, think, or do. And uh, it's all about what Vince wants. And what Vince wants, Vince gets. And, you know, here once again, we are in the main event of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view from the arena in Baltimore, Maryland. And um, you hear that? No, you don't, eh? Uh, Well, I hear a lot of young voices being very loud right now. But, I mean, when we talk about it, like... I don't hear much, actually, Dave. I, I think, once again, the crowd in the arena in Baltimore, quiet. Well, they know. They'll look at their watches and see, oh... Well, this this match has got at least five to ten minutes before we're going to see any uh, any possible finishes. So they're they're just building up for a big finish. But to me, 
think about a concept like Cyber Sunday Taboo Tuesday, where it was an innovative concept saying, oh, you get to vote to what you think the results should be. And eventually it went from free voting online to having to pay to vote by texting. A lot of the Internet wrestling fans thought from day one that the results were uh, were incorrect, which is uh, ver- which eventually got disproven. But a concept was tried. It was innovative at the beginning. It wore out its welcome, and it's been removed. Having a pay-per-view on a Tuesday, that was a great idea. It didn't work. They changed it. The idea that Cyber Sunday had people voting for the results. Yeah, but when you're one of a million people voting, it doesn't really seem to uh, t- to work that well for people to get involved. And it was a concept. They tried it. It didn't work. And now they move on to a different idea. Cyber Sunday was a good premise, <coughs> but it was failed. Like, the WWE failed that premise from the outset. Because even though... It was about the fans voting on the matches that they wanted. You were persuaded and pushed in a direction to go for a match. So you were conned, in essence, to pick one of these matches that they leaned heavily toward. So, to me, they epically failed with that concept. It could have been great. And then as time wore on, not only could you vote... um, on the website, but then they wanted you to actually call and text message and pay hard-earned money to vote on something that they were skewing you to do, which became a huge con. That's why that pay-per-view never succeeded. The fans never bought it. And and the last nail in the coffin to Cyber Sunday was the fact that you could not vote online. You could only vote by texting, and there was that 50-cent minimum standard texting charge apply where people are like, I have to pay to vote? Forget it. I mean, it's not like, you know, you were getting 30 or 40 bucks out of us. You wanted to be Iron Sheik and kind of fucking rape us for the extra amount of cash. Wait a minute. I, I just heard the front door of the studio open. Could it be? Might it be? I hear you, Jesse. I agree with what you say. It's like in 1987 when I had the Brian Blair in the middle of the ring. I said, I'm going to pull you in the camel clutch. I'm going to break your back, and I'm going to fuck you in the ass. What? Oh, God. Not again. So get get the sheik out of the studio. Get him out. We had time to fill for lockdown. We don't have that The sheik will humble you. The, the sheik will humble you. I fuck you in the ass. God almighty. I'm having a, a New Jersey turnpike um, getting pulled over. Ah, uh, Yes, it's the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan smoking pot and getting pulled over by the New Jersey Highway Patrol. I fuck him in the ass, too. The cop? No wonder. I no, mean, wo- no wonder he's such a... And, and you know, uh, the, the Iron Sheik was at Cauliflower Alley this week, and apparently, and it was James J. Dillon's idea, to please let everybody know to keep the Iron Sheik, Cosgrove with Siri, far away from any live microphone. Yes. For fear of... Ass fucking promos. When, when you talk about evolution of brands, you have to think about about John Cena. Now, a lot of people were were not a big fan of of the rap gimmick and B two and and all this shit of him rhyming down to the ring and wearing the jersey of the city that they were in. So he evolved it. I think he was tired of it too. I never got tired of it uh, to me, but and I love to watch that old thugonomic stuff, but. 
he evolved into what he turned into for the Marine movie. And then he's now become this this king Superman for kids image where there's a thousand kids every show that go and buy these uh these orange you can't see me shirts or Cena Nation shirts. Eventually that branding has to evolve and change again because when these kids are 10, they'll like it, but when they're 15, they probably won't like it as much. So, to me, I think the Cena haters may eventually get their wish because you have to think that <laughs> these kids are going to grow up and their tastes are going to change and Cena acting exactly the way he has for the last 5 years, doing it for the next 5 years just isn't going to isn't going to fly and people may just rebel against the squeaky clean image of John Cena just like they supported the uh the the badass image of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, and I, I know for a fact that that guys that that speaking of rebelling, that my six year old son, who loves John Cena, uh, you know when he gets in trouble around the the Shark Tank, the house, if you will, and and he I, I'm trying to catch him to discipline him, and he runs away from me, and he stops, and he looks back, and he goes, "Daddy, you'll never catch me," and I say, "Why?" and he goes, "Because you can't see me." <laughs> <laughs> just just kind of breaking into the pay-per-view, uh, had a lot of back-and-forth action as Batista now in control after uh, John Cena hit the uh, <laughs> the five-knuckle shuffle and attempted to do something. Batista rolled out of the ring. He now has a steel chair in hand, and I thought he was going for a, uh, a chair shot to the head, but no, Cena has him up for the FU, and it's delivered on the chair. The back of Batista has hit the steel chair. And somebody in the chat room referred to it as the last bot spot standing match. That's pretty <laughs> close. This has been like the most or the least entertaining last man standing match I think I've ever watched in my life. Well, I mean, like I said before the match even started, I'm not a huge fan of last man standing matches, especially in TNA where you needed a 13 rather than a 10. To me, a 10 count just takes way too long. Yeah, uh, it, it shows that you really beat the hell out of a guy because you made him lay down for 10 rather than just 3, but to me it gets old, and there's not enough, uh, there's there's not nearly enough uh, drama to it. I mean, like I said, nice spot as Cena was up on the top rope. The referee got too close to Batista. Batista pushed the ref into the ropes, and uh, John Cena took a nice little... Uh, <laughs> Nice little hurdle on the top turnbuckle testicular there. Testicular massage. Top rope turnbuckle testicular massage. There you go. Yes. He had the testicular fortitude to take that move. But, I mean, honestly, you could make the argument that maybe three to four to five years from now, this is when uh, a new brand of extreme championship wrestling could really work in the industry because, once again, these kids today are going to be part of that 18 to 34 demographic, and perhaps hardcore would would come back, but at the same time, I doubt that it would really come to fruition simply because a Paul Heyman and an Extreme Championship Wrestling won't have the chance to build that brand from the, from the, from the bottom up. Well, and here's something that I read this week that makes sense, and apparently uh, from my insider, insider information, there is some high-level negotiations right now with some former ECW alumnists and I know this may seem strange, but there has been some negotiations with Messrs. Hogan, Bischoff, and none other than Paulie Dangerously, Paul Heyman, for the, and they've been proposing a hardcore faction in TNA to be headed up by Paul Heyman, and apparently 
And you can believe what you want, but it is going on. There hasn't been a deal brokered yet, but apparently this week they're going to get down to the brass tacks and try to put the ink on the paper for a contract for none other than Paul Heyman. You don't think that, J.J., will increase TNA's ratings? Uh, well, there are rumors going on. Before I, I comment on this, there are rumors going on that, that is, in fact, the case. Uh, Batista setting up a table in the middle of the ring. This match is still forthgoing. Um, looks like he wants to set, but he wants to set Cena up for a spear through the table. We've only seen that a couple hundred times. As Cena hits the STFU or, or attempts to get it, he's pulled into the middle of the ring. Batista kicks Cena into the table and breaks the table, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God, the plunder! The plunder is very prevalent right here on Extreme Rules. We ain't seen no blood, ladies and gentlemen, but we do, in fact, see the plunder that's happening. Batista putting uh, John Cena, if you will, through the table with the fourth of his leg. And of Batista getting a, getting a breather in the turnbuckle, the referee counting. This could be the end game for, for, for John Cena, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the American Dream, and, and look forward to very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, my son, Dante Rhodes, the future world heavyweight champion of the world, going to SmackDown. This has been the dream. Mark the Shock DiCarlo, fuck you, I'm out of here. All right. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, making his uh, once-a-month um, appearance here on Sm- on Sunday Night Showdown. In a day, before I, before I leave the studio here, uh, the courteous J.J. Sexay has, has asked me to tell you that in this cage match between yourself and the international sensation, Krelly, that your ass is going down, son. You're going to get the plunder, and you're going to get beat. And that's all the dream had to say about that. Dream out. Krelly! Dream Krelly. out. Dream out. Uh-oh. So the dream says that Krelly will plunder ID. Wow, we'll have to see. Whoa. Holy shit, as John Cena wow. just got tossed through the barricade area by Batista. Look at the damage. That was the announce wow. table, wasn't it? Barricade? Was well, in bar- front of the announce table, of the yes. Announce. Here we go. It kind of protects the, uh, the Act- timekeeper and the director. And, yeah, and not, not the announce table, but the timekeeper and the bell ringer and, and, and the floor director. Exactly, and uh, Justin Hawk Roberts and uh, Tony Chimmel. Uh, that keeps them kind of isolated from it's the too action. bad Roberts didn't get splattered there. Yeah, it is too bad, actually. But, uh, yeah, you can see <laughs> all the WWE employees kind of running for their lives when Cena was uh, was getting ready to be thrown through that, that barricade. Apparently there is some ray of sunshine in Baltimore. Uh-oh. I know the storm is a-going, but there is some ray of sunshine shining down through the arena, through a hole, as John Cena has managed to, to make his way up. Oh! Superman lives. Wow. And, and Dave Batista threw the monitor at... At, at Michael Cole <laughs> Michael and Matt Cole Stryker. And Matt Stryker. Nice. I actually think he hit Stryker in the upper left thigh. Maybe he did. Somebody's going to be bruised with a TV monitor. Well, you know, and maybe Dave, like the rest of us, are a little bit taken aback by by Stryker's shoddy uh, color commentary this week. Yeah, perhaps. But I, I think when it comes to Paul Heyman, I'll believe it when I see it. I've been burned by, by this kind of anticipation too many times in the past. I, I very, very much doubt that uh, Paul Heyman will join TNA simply because of the heat with Eric Bischoff. He'll, he won't want to be a performer. He won't want to be a writer. And it just, to me, it just won't work. I just got a private message from Nim, and uh, th- this is classic. 
This is his idea of the draft for 2010. Listen to this. And, this and I'd, I'd almost say it's not far off, but before I get to that, Batista and John Cena on the announce table. Batista going for the Batista bomb, but Cena counters, has him in the FU position, standing on the ring steps, and through the announce table, John wow. Cena has thrown Batista, and this could be the finish for this last man standing contest. And there's a plume of volcanic ash emanating from... On the announce table. Uh, but Nim basically had this to say. Uh, the biggest draft results of 2010. The Miz goes to SmackDown. Okay, sure. Drew McIntyre goes to Raw. I'm Drew McIntyre. And I'm going to Raw. I could see that. Batista goes to NXT. Sure, why not? <laughs> Vince McMahon goes to TNA. Yeah. <laughs> and Dixie Carter goes to the Volcano. Wow. Uh, apparently, also, uh, he made mention of the fact that, uh, did you hear Batista? The little kid in the audience said, I hate you, Batista. And Batista said, I hate you, too. Batista's not back. a happy guy right now, too. you got to think about it. As I show the replay, the FU, or the attitude adjustment, through the table. If that didn't end the match, I don't know what's going to end the match, ladies and gentlemen. But what a great comeback, J.J., from Batista to the kid. I hate you, too. Batista but got up at 8. And uh, now Cena's looking for the plunder. There's some material in a bus band, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. But, uh, like I said, this is... If, if you're looking for an Extreme Rules pay-per-view to enjoy, put on your tape of last year or either one of the one-night stands from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City, especially the uh, <laughs> the Rob Van Dam versus Cena match. If Cena wins, we riot. Simply the greatest sign in the history of professional wrestling television. I still remember the first one-night stand. Yes. The night that I interviewed Booker T on that other show. I remember that night very, very well myself. That yeah, was, was pre-Pinky Days, wasn't it? That was pre-Pinky yes. Days, yes. So when he comes for Night of Champions for the Prairie Wrestling Alliance, are we all going to be uh, yelling, all hail King Booker at your request? No, because he's no longer King Booker, Dave. Are we going to have our pinkies in the air no, he's as very, a tribute? He's very simply the PWA heavyweight champion, not only in Alberta, but in Texas. Attitude adjustment forthcoming. Nope. Uh -oh. He blocks it, Cena off the ropes, and Spinebuster through the table to John Cena. And the ref needs to start counting here. And now the crowd's hot. And uh, What's with the delayed count? No, excuse me. Okay, there. He's finally starting to do it. It's a last man standing match, and the referee gave him about... I don't know, 10 seconds exactly. before he started fucking counting. Yeah. And Matt Stryker playing the the perfect heel commentator role tonight. And Mike Chioda is generally on the ball, but wow, he really blew that, that spot there. He should have been counting the second that Cena hit the uh, hit the mat after being uh, driven through the table with the Batista bomb. Uh, Latino718 sent me a message and said the faction has been done. The ECW faction has been done in TNA. That is correct. However... It was never headed by a Paul Heyman, and it didn't feature an RVD or a Tommy Dreamer. Right. So when you add those elements combined with the Dudley Boys, Rhino, and Raven, and the Stevie Taz Richards, on, and Taz, commentary, yep. that's a successful faction. Yep. Yeah, I think they were called the Extreme Warriors back in the weekly pay-per-view days, and that group worked really well. I think they were only around five or six weeks, but no, I think it worked out great. Batista with the Batista bomb. The referee finally starting to count once again. Like, they, I, like I said before, guys, and I'll say it again, that if they do, the 
the ECW or, or you know, a hardcore faction. Um, and rumor has it that, that Tommy Dreamer's ink is dried on his contract. And we're going to fi- apparently that'll be part of Impact tomorrow night. Um, not tomorrow night, Dave. They, they've pre-taped for tomorrow night. Okay, that, that next time they're they're taping in Orlando or they do it live, uh, the Dreamer will be part of it, and and they're they're really hoping that uh, that Heyman shines on the dotted line. But uh, you know, somebody mentioned in the chat that if um, if James E. Cornette couldn't get along with with everybody in uh, in the office at TNA, then how in God's name could Pauly dangerously? Yeah, I think that's a big point right there. And, and once again, Cena locks on the STF, but this is a last man standing match, yeah. not a he could tap out to the STF match. Now, I don't know what the hell is going on. We have four minutes left in this pay-per-view. We have no decisive finish, as we've seen both men go through hell. I'm telling you, there must be a ray of sunlight, as people are talking about in the chat room, that Cena is no selling. No, guys, it's not that he's no selling. Not no selling. It's just that there is sunlight emanating down on Superman. Kal-El will not give this match up. And do you notice every time that but that Cena gets a huge advantage in a situation like that, who the people are that are that are yelling? It's the kids and the women who are, are yelling for Cena. It's and not it's, the majority of the crowd. And it's been a long time since I've seen a WWE pay-per-view go this close to the top of the hour. Yeah, that's normally never what happens. But and uh, remember back in the day, Dave, that some pay-per-views, and J.J. will remember this as well, we'd be sitting, not here, but there was plenty of pay-per-views that went to 10 after, 15 after. Uh, when was that? Back in the day. Back, back when they've well, always ended usually at about quarter five. two, yeah, yeah. At forty-five after. Well, fifteen uh, to I, the paper. I, I mean, remember a long time ago that there was it was always like straight, straight up to the top of the hour, and even some of them that went past the top of the hour. But oh my God! Now look at this spot as uh, John Cena's got duct Dave tape. Batista backwards, and he's got his ankles together. He pulls out some duct tape. He's going to duct tape his ankles together, and he's, he's doing it. So that Batista literally cannot stand up in this last man standing match. Okay, this is the dumbest that's, fucking that's idea. That's a dumb spot. This is so stupid. If He's going to win this match by duct taping the feet of Batista. This is so fucking stupid. Instead of, instead of a submission maneuver or, or not a submission maneuver, a, some maneuver that would knock out Batista, so he would be unable to get up. But isn't this something similar to what he did with uh, what he, what he did with Randy Orton? This is the end. Like with the tent, e- either in the the, the Iron Man match or or the uh, the hardcore matches that they yeah, had. Three minutes to nine, or three minutes to the top of the hour, no matter what time zone you're in. And referee Mike Yoda counting to ten, he's going to get there because Batista can't get out of the corner because his ankles are duct taped to the ring post I hate it I give the finish to this match two thumbs down and it's an innovative way weak. to finish it but it's not weak it sucks it's not a believable finish for a for a main event of a pay-per-view and I give this pay-per-view from top to bottom a thumbs down you know what there's yeah. a lot of people in the chat that, that actually like this spot and that's fine I mean they're entitled to their opinion I just think for everything we just saw from both men, all the carnage, all the high spots, to end this match with one of these guys not being able to get to their feet because they were duct taped 
to the ring post is absolutely fucking redonkulous. Could you have made the Word argument... Of the week. Sorry, they, Dave. Word of the week? Redonkulous. Could you have maybe done this in the first five or ten minutes, have Batista rip the duct tape from his legs and then have a, a different finish later in the match? As referee Mike Yoda is standing on the outside of the ring laughing. Wow. Think he's going to get reprimanded? I mean, you have to come up with finishes that are outside of the norm and, and what people don't expect. I'm kind of 50-50 on it myself. It's a great idea. Wow, you've never seen a finish like that before, have you? I, I, I'm trying to remember something similar to... Uh, to um, when Cena and Orton had their series of like five or six pay-per-view matches in a row, like didn't he uh, handcuff? He didn't he handcuff um, Orton to the rope, and Orton couldn't couldn't get out of it. So it was like a countout or something similar to that. I mean, they had so many matches; it was what five or six in a row that they had over the summer of uh, 2009. But uh, Kal-El keeps his belt, JJ and. I guess we are just counting down to the day that all the kids finally rebel against the character never evolving and never changing. Unbelievable. Like I said, some people think it's a good finish. I personally, after all the damage these two did to each other in the match, yeah. to have it in like that, I'm sorry. I just... Some people are really liking it. That I know, and that's fine. That was clever. Uh, you're all whiners, referring to us. But I, I just think that because of what these two have done to each other, I agree with you, JJ. With regards to what these two have done to each other over the the last few weeks, that to have that be the finish of a last man standing match, which historically is the scenario whereby you beat up your opponent so badly that he can't stand, the whole scenario was that he didn't even beat up Batista that bad, and he couldn't stand. And frankly, I couldn't stand to finish. Well, I mean, we've all been in this industry for probably uh, in directly or indirectly for about 20 or 30 years. So, I mean, like I said, you're either going like, to really like it or really not like it. I mean, there have been some innovative finishes in in stipulation matches like this, but that's uh, just how it's going to have to happen. But... Um, Batista, is he done with the company forever, based on the rumors? Perhaps his lack of an appearance tomorrow will, will certainly confirm that, but Cena goes 2-0 and in this streak, and there's no, uh, there's no pushback, there's no, there's no 50-50, and, and Cena wins it again where it matters, probably because Batista is, is done with the company, and, and Cena's your lead dog, uh, on Raw, and I don't see him switching to SmackDown, but smart, uh, stranger things have happened. Well, I don't now either, now that he's retained the title, which we all we all picked Cena to go over in this, so it's, yes, no, it's no big surprise that this happened, and I'm fine with that. I Again, I just didn't like the finish. Agreed, it's innovative. It's different, but for a match of this caliber, a last standing match, it's not the finish that I would prefer to see. What about the match... As a whole, well, sure. the the match itself, like I made a comment during the match that it it was rather uh, lackadaisical the first ten minutes, but they really picked up the pace when uh, when they did the, the the table spots and the uh, the announce table uh, spot in the barricade in front of the uh, the timekeeper 
and the bell ringer and the and and Schimmel and that moron Justin Hawk Roberts. Um, but and and you know it, it it really escalated at that point. But um, and they beat the crap out of each other for a good well the last ten twelve minutes. And then to have a finish like that to me, in my humble humble opinion. Um, makes kind of a mockery and a sham of all the good work that Cena and Batista did with each other to build up that that crowd in Baltimore and to have a finish like that, okay, on one hand you want to look at it, well, has that ever been done before? No, not to my memory. And I know lately my memory's been going, but I've been watching professional wrestling for some <laughs> 45 years. Um and I don't ever remember a finish like that at any time. Uh, if there is, please somebody uh, post it in the chat, and we'll, we'll forward it on to everybody else. But to me, it just it cheapens. I think that's a good terminology. It cheapens the good work that Batista and Cena did in the last ten minutes of that match, and where they beat the living crap out of each other. I just didn't like it. Hear me out, guys. The rumors are. And I want you to understand the point that I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to sway anybody. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. And I'm not, you know, whining about it per se. I just didn't like the finish. But here's the thing. The rumor is Batista's leaving the WWE for good this week. So the last image of Batista that we have is him being duct taped to a ring post. And that is how he leaves this company. Think about it for just a minute. After everything Batista has done for this company in the last couple of years, after everything he's done this year with the gimmick that finally worked for him in 2010, this is the last image that we see of Dave Batista, possibly for good? Well, I mean, people will make the argument that he got outsmarted. Well, and people will make the argument that he was made an example of by a foolhardy and borderline comical finish. And, and you know, it's funny, when, when, when Vince has the last laugh, he laughs hard and long. Well, guys, what about a, a wrap-up to the pay-per-view itself? I, I mean, if we're going to use a numerical scale, I'm, I'm saying maybe five, five and a half at the most. Are you uh, talking out of ten? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Maybe I'm using the the old school uh the old school scale where people gave WrestleMania twenty six four out of ten, but to me this is and I didn't agree with that, but to me this is maybe a five or five and a half. Compare it to last year's extreme rules, compare it compare the lack of extremeness uh to last year and just the uh the struggles that a lot of guys had. I mean Orton and and Swagger gave it everything they had, and, and maybe maybe that was a fucked up finish because both guys needed referees' assistance to get back up up the ramp area. I really like the start where Sheamus attacked Triple H at the beginning. Um, the four way, <clears throat> the four team uh, match, uh, the gauntlet match stipulation uh, was okay. Just the fact that Extreme Rules meant that every match had to have a stipulation instead of an extremeness to it is a is a big change. The PG-13-ness of Extreme Rules, if you look back at the last six of these, of these or five that we've seen, the 2006-2007 uh, 
or excuse me, 2005 and 2006, One Night Stands, and then 7, 8, 9, and 10, Extreme Rules. This was probably the weakest of those six shows. And once again, uh, Swagger and, and, and Orton, not as good as it should have been. The women's match was nearly not as good as it should have been. Edge and Jericho have two stinkers in a row, WrestleMania and, and this contest. And maybe Baltimore was a, a, a weird crowd. Shad and, and JTG did not get this issue started well at all. And uh, Punk and Punk and Mysterio was very, very good. Arguably the match of the night. Oh, by a mile. I would say Punk and, and Mysterio was really good, and I I even liked Swagger and Orton to be honest with you. Well, I like Swagger and Orton too. That was good. That was entertaining. Uh, C.J. Bowman made a good uh, point in the chat when he said, "How can this sh- shit be extreme without any blood?" And truer words were never spoken. I, I just actually do no, not that, like... that's not what he said. Okay, go back up. To me. Uh, if you want to compare it, lockdown was too much the other way, and that both of these extreme pay-per-views should have found a middle ground, and that you could argue that WWE was on one side, completely on one extreme, for lack of a better term. Lockdown was completely on the other side. Both of them should have found somewhere in the middle. Actually, CJ said you can make shit extreme and not have blood. I couldn't... With all due respect, and, and I really like what C.J. Bowman's been doing for the network and on the network in the last little while, and he's really stepped up his game. And by the way, I can understand C.J. when he speaks and not his co-host, but anyways, that's a story for another day. Um, I, I I really disagree, C.J. I think that to have a viable and believable extreme pay-per-view, you need blood. Well, again, if you're going to rename pay-per-views... Why are we not taking extreme rules out of the fucking house? Yeah, you know, I mean, really. No kidding. Of all the pay-per-views that you want to be PG on, that's not the one. T- I mean, honestly, I, I think Vince has gone fucking senile. Again. I, I, I just I don't really know where to go with this product. You gave it a 5. I'd have to give it like a 6.5. I, well, I, I, I don't was going to say about a 6. Yeah. I, I don't think Punk and, like I said, the fact that Punk and Mysterio was a stipulation match and not an Extreme Rules. The tag match, the four-way, uh, was a gauntlet stipulation and not an Extreme Rules match. The women's match was not what what it was supposed to be. The fact that, um, I mean, Triple H and, and Sheamus, you could make the argument, was not as extreme as it should have been. Jack Swagger and Randy Orton was an Extreme Rules match, which was more which was more athletic. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to expect the the New Jack kind of barbed wire matches that we've seen in the past. And I didn't expect to see nothing but that, because even ECW knew that you couldn't have three hours of nothing but those kind of New Jack-style matches. But it didn't live up to the name is is my main argument. I agree with you, Dave. And getting back to the chapter one second, to agree with C.J. Bowman, the only one in the recent last week or two, the job to the fucking volcano was unequivocally Douglas Williams. With that said, guys, I think uh, we're going to take our last commercial break of the night. We're going to come back and take some of your phone calls on what you thought went down tonight at Extreme Rules, how you felt about it. We'll go a little long tonight, uh, almost like a pseudo-post show for just a little bit uh, for you guys here at SundayNightShowdown.com since we haven't taken... Any phone calls tonight, so uh, we've been busy. But uh, definitely, we'll be right back right after this with continuing coverage of the fallout from Extreme Rules 
by the WWE. We'll be right back right after this. Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. While lesser designers would shy away from putting 300-pound men in spandex, you embrace it. Yes, you do. Pushing fashion to its limits, literally. You pair tights with a cape, a leotard with a mask, leather boots with a thong. All understated ways of saying, I'm going to rip your head off and look fabulous doing it. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Guy. Because without you, a man crushing another man's head in his arms would just look silly. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri.
All right, guys, we're back with continuing coverage, the fallout from Extreme Rules 2010, which really should have been called Pacifism Rules, I think. I don't know. Duct tape. Duct tape rules. Right. It could be a good... Maybe next year they'll implement that. It'd be duct tape rules. The the pay-per-view that needed an extreme makeover, but the match that was extremely made over didn't get made over, if you can understand what I just said. Not really. I'm not really sure what the hell you just said. All right. It was a bit of a a rib uh, at the whole pay-per-view. Some of the matches were good. I I really enjoyed the uh, uh, the Mysterio Punk match. Uh, Sheamus and Triple H was stellar. Um, there was a lot of stuff that happened that, uh, under extreme rules, really, I mean, take, take the fact aside, push it aside, the fact that there was no color at all tonight, but that I was really, the the shocking part of the whole evening for me, for the pay-per-view was the fact that I really expected way more out of the match between Chris Jericho and Edge, for sure. I would agree with that. We actually do have a caller on the line right here on Sunday Night Showdown, uh, continuing the fallout coverage of Extreme Rules. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? Well, 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 well. (laughs) Here we go. Business, ladies and gentlemen, is about to pick up. Good evening, Crelly. Actually, good morning, but... Before I get to extreme rules, I want to talk about the extreme jackass that believes that he will beat me at the upcoming EFED event. And I know, Dave, you don't hear me that well, so I'll speak slowly so you understand me. Your name was stolen from a WWE um, video package for WrestleMania, okay? So you're the one that's going to end up going to jail for, for gimmick infringement. Gimmick but, infringement. Wait, somebody yes. write that down. Gimmick infringement. Well put, Crowley. So I hope you enjoyed um, Jail and Butt Rape because that's what, that's what you're going to get in, in the future. Oh. Obviously, you know from experience. Ah, nice comeback. That, that's one Sorry. all. Ow. One all. One all. I keep, I'm keeping. I'm going to keep score on the uh, on the barbs from between the worldwide phenomenon and the international sensation. And currently, ladies and gentlemen, the score is one one. I I have a question. Who the fuck was that? I don't know. We haven't figured that That's out yet. Whoa, Shark, he took a shot at you. I can't believe it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He he, know, he knows what's best for him, that he needs to focus his attention on his cage match with you, Internet Dave. You you call it a cage match. I call, call it more of a warm-up match, because I'm pretty sure this match will be over in about 10 seconds. Like Dave will get in the ring, collapse, and I'll pin him, and then I'll go and... Warm up and have a later match. Well, but, if, it, if it was a drinking match in a cage, maybe Crowley would go over, but we'll have to see what happens. I'm not here to talk shit. We've had Dave do that for the last two hours, trying to act like a big man, trying to trying to be cool. That's Let's right. talk about wrestling, because... That's right, Crowley. The, be the bigger man. The bigger man and the winner whenever this shit goes down. But as for pay-per-view, well, the main event... Well, the, the, problem, the problem, Crowley, is that whenever we have the match... And we premiere it, it'll be at like 5 o'clock your time, which means 5 a.m., which means that you'll be barely walking to the ring because you'll be so half asleep by having to have a match at 5 in the morning. So you're hardly going to have any attention whatsoever, and your your brain's going to be as messed up from a lack of sleep, which will automatically give me an instant advantage. 
Sorry, keep, keep talking. I, um, you'll kind of put me to sleep anyway. Wow. But, but I'm used to going to sleep at like 8 o'clock because of Wrestling News Live. But like I said, I'm not here to talk shit. My actions will, will speak louder than words. Back to the main event, if if I can, Dave, unless you want to talk some more shit and j- just put the whole chat room to sleep. Well, well, fi- it sounds like you finally got a good microphone so we can actually understand what you're saying. So. Well, I, I don't care. As long as I can hear what I'm saying, it's all good in the hood. So, but well, as for the- What's going on, Crelly? Talk to me. Well, I enjoyed this pay-per-view. Of course, I got I got it for free because of you got to love Sky Sports. Um, the main event was kind of weird. It kind of reminded me of um, the Hardy Boy match at WrestleMania, where Jeffrey duct taped his brother to the uh, table. It kind of seems that if you use bondage in the main event, you win the match. But um, and I know a few a few, few people about her, and it's official. John Cena is not not your champion. The ring post is your new WWE champion. So because I, he has, maybe, okay. maybe we should call Andy Knowles and see if he is, uh, at this point in time, willing to hold the WWE championship hostage because apparently in this match, the uh, the one that actually kept Batista down, really, I don't think it was the ring post. I think it was the duct tape, quite frankly. I think the duct tape is your new WWE champion as far as I'm concerned. Well, guys, what about... So, Sorry, okay. Crowley, what about the argument that, that Crowley's making that maybe Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy from WrestleMania uh, from last year, uh, and, sorry, the backlash for, with the I Quit match where he, he, he taped him and, and tied him to a, to a table maybe wasn't the greatest finish there. Maybe th- the idea that that wasn't a main event so you can get away with that kind of finish in a non-main event, Shark, perhaps? Well, perhaps, but uh, all that aside, I just think that Match by match, I enjoyed some of Extreme Rules this year, I, like I said before. Um, and Corelli, I, I don't know if you concur, but I thought that the arguably the match of the night, hands, hands and feet and, and head uh, above everybody else, was, was unequivocally CM Punk and Rey Mysterio. And I really enjoyed as well Triple H and, uh, and, and Sheamus, but... Uh, not too much else of, of the pay-per-view tonight. I was really disappointed as well with uh, Edge and Jericho. I, I, I don't think it was the worst pay-per-view like ever. It, it was basically just a let's get, let's get to the draft and let's hope we can change it all at, at the draft. Because like, like, like I said, I'm pretty sure guys like Mysterio and Punk will be split up. Um, one of Crime Time will, will go to war to break them up. And... I'm hoping that the next pay-per-view, which I believe is Fatal 4-Way. Uh, over the Limit, I think they're calling oh, it. Oh, my bad. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what kind of gimmick that's going to be, but hell, I'm going to look forward to it. Um, but yes, right now your WWE Champion is the duct tape or the ring post, so those two might have a match at uh, Over the Limit to, to decide who the champion is. Yeah, heaven forbid we have another fucking pay-per-view with, uh, with the name of the pay-per-view being the name of a fucking match. Fatal 4-Way, join us next month for Triple Threat. And the month after that, it's one-on-one. <laughs> Coming up time, in July, it. WWE presents Tag Team. <laughs> WWE presents Two Men in the Ring, One Man Loses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could have made that argument for, uh, for Survivor Series, but they didn't call it 5-on-5. Five five, so at least they were smart enough 20 years ago not to call it by a an overly obvious name. Well, and I really think that the the less than stellar pay-per-view for Extreme Rules that we witnessed tonight 
can only be a positive preamble to tomorrow night's 2010 draft lottery, um, which historically is very entertaining. Thank God we're not going to be subjected to some asinine and stupid guest hosts or hosts tomorrow night. God, am I getting sick of that. Yep. Um, and, and I really look forward to tomorrow night. Uh, it's definitely the groundbreaking preamble to the upcoming WWE landscape going into from now into SummerSlam. And uh, things will change. Change is good. Change for the better, except when they use a duct tape finish. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Uh, I'm sure the pundits around the uh, IWC over the next couple of days will hash it, mash it, dice it, slice it, go over it, and re-go, and re-go over it, and uh, I'm done. It is what it is, and it was what it was, JJ. Just like your waffle hash hash browns right there. Yes. Uh, but let me say this. The duct tape. I, I, again, <laughs> can't get away from it. The duct tape. Did you, see the be- did you see at the beginning where Cena had a problem? After a couple of raps with the duct tape, he, he ripped it, and he had to go back and start again and fumble and stumble, and it was horrible. I, I got to tell you, I think after the duct tape finish that uh, the phrase dusty finish is gone. It, it's From now on, it's going to be the duct tape finish. <laughs> Who said that in the chat? WWE presents Toss. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's the name of the pay per view that uh, Crelly will be taking on Internet, David. But anyway, I'm wow. just kidding. I'm just kidding. One man actually. Uh, that, that would be SWC presents Chris Clay kicks the fuck out of Internet, Dave. So. <laughs> and just chucks him away, and no one doesn't even know who the fuck he's anymore. Okay, but we're done cutting the promos, Crowley. Uh, Enough ma- promos. One Man X says, WWE presents, TNA presents, something WCW did. <laughs> nice. That's funny. So, Crowley, is there anything else before we get you off the line, yeah. bro? One last thing about t- 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 tomorrow's draft. I hope they change the way they do it. Like, I'm kind of hoping that they go back to the, the way that when they used to use the old um, tambola and pick out balls. Because when they do it on the screen, it kind of looks too obvious, like kind of like too fake, if, if you get what I mean. Oh, you mean when a guy, when a, somebody from a brand wins and they do the the kind of boop 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 yeah. uh, kind of yeah, random pinball machine type of situation with all the the guys from the other brand? And I really think yeah, they should of... use your sound effect there, Dave. Can oh, you do I, that I again? Boop, 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 boop. Don't ever do that again, damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just kind of like it, like it kind of like just takes takes away from it. Like I like the old tombola, so at least it kind of gave a, a realistic feeling to it. Wow, Randy McWilliams really stepping over the bounds of uh, of glory there in the chat tonight. Oh, uh, I like what CJ has to say. WWE presents. Uh, what was it? My my chat page just kind of went up. WWE present. Remember the '90s, and they should finish it off with "Yes, we do." Yeah, <laughs> and it shows. You know, because didn't, anyway, didn't Delta used to have the uh, Delta Airlines used to have "We love to fly" and it shows. Yep. Well, WWE should be "We love the '90s and it shows." Wow. New catchphrase. Anyway, I'll jump off because I know Bye, you guys are slammed, slammed with. Bye. What? All right, Crowley. We'll talk to you later, buddy. So, again, yeah. the phone lines are open. Just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype account or give us a call at 501-588-7957. And if you're in Oklahoma, that's a free call. Is that right? No, it's not. No. Where? You're in Arkansas. Arkansas. If Little you're, Rock. If you're a Razorback in Little Rock, it's a free call. 
it would be a free call nice. in Little Rock. Or if you have a long-distance plan that lets you have free nights and weekends on right. your cell phone, then you're covered. So I would assume. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, <clears throat> but guys, it, yeah, the draft should be interesting tomorrow night. It should be a case where, once again, whoever wins the match earns a guy for their brand, and they'll do the little randomizer picture thingy that, that Crilly hates yeah. so much, which I can agree with. Uh, rather than the random uh, ball out of a uh, out of a bingo bin, bingo bin, yeah, exa- <laughs> for lack of a better term, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, don't be surprised if we see the little randomizer machine going around. But now, I saw guys on the on the pay per view when they were promoting uh, the draft lottery tomorrow night on on Monday Night Raw that at least in the states it starts an hour early at eight Eastern. Yes. Seven Central, six Mountain, five Pacific. Exactly. Um, however, I believe us Canadians and people who live in Canada now, like JJ, in fact, we're going to get it on a one-hour delay on the score, and it'll go off at the normal time. I think of seven fifteen. Sure. Maybe, maybe we'll uh, delve into that. But uh, I'm really not sure. That's I a certainly because that would preclude. TNA's one-hour jump back to Six Mountain, because they're going to go at Six Mountain tomorrow. Yep. So it'll be really interesting, and uh, TNA will probably be interesting. But I definitely am going to watch the live draft lottery and tape, or for most of the rest of the planet, PVR, TNA Impact, and watch it afterwards. JJ. Well, if I have to, I'm probably going to catch a stream of Raw, since I'll be doing uh, Wrestling News Live tomorrow night. Uh, but we actually do have a, uh, a call on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? So let's recap the last two weeks. You know, a Volcano is the X Division champion. Hulk Hogan and the Middle Rope are the new owners of TNA, and Duct Tape owns the WWE Championship. Jesus that, Christ! It's, it's been DJ a cr- Bowen, by the way. It, it, well, we know who you are, buddy. But it, it's been a crazy chaotic week, two weeks in professional wrestling. Yes, 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 it has. I mean. I, you know, I was in church most of the time. I got home in town for the main event, and I'll be honest, I'm giving this pay-per-view a pass for the simple fact that if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for Crelly calling the volcano, the book, like the booking, would have been probably a lot better and everything like that. Like the booking was fucked from like the moment Raw announced that they were stuck in in England. Well, CJ, I just want to let you know that I went to synagogue this morning and prayed for a great pay-per-view, and I obviously didn't get my wish. LOL, LOL, Rafflecopter, t- chuckle, chuckle, tee hee, tee hee. Um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, you've in been, all honesty. Have you been drinking, brother? Have you been drinking today? Actually, yes, I have. Really? I, I we walked out of church and got me like a couple beers and like downed them on the way home. What was your flavor? Budweiser? Coors. Straight. Coors. The regular Coors. Regular right Coors. Coors. Nice. Anyway, have ahead. you had any of those double down sandwiches from KFC yet? <laughs> Yo, why, 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 why I gotta be from KFC? Is because I'm black? <laughs> no, because really? you're an American. You have access to them, and we don't. Well, actually, I wanted to buy one, but then I said, no, nah, I don't want to get a heart attack yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Heart attack on a plate. It's kind of taken over from fettuccine Alfredo. That's for sure. Sixteen. <laughs> Um, yeah, but in all honesty, from what I heard from the paper, you reading the results and hearing what you had to say, you guys had to say about it. I mean, in all honesty, you really need to really give this pay per view a pass. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, the same thing can be said for lockdown last week because, like, I think two matches got fucked up because of what happened with um Doug Williams. Am I correct? Yes. So I say this one, the whole car, basically the whole raw side of things got fucked up. Because oh, yeah. of you, the volcano. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was a lack of time to build something up. Obviously, I, I believe that uh, tonight would have been the night that the Hart Dynasty would have won the belts from Showmiz and heading into that draft because they wanted to keep the two of them together. Although I think Showmiz will get will stay on the same brand and, and get a chance to get some revenge. But, uh, yeah, they didn't get to, to book the Raw brand normally the way that they w- the way that they wanted to. So that messed things up, and I mean, SmackDown kind of got double exposure this week, which was fine. But once again, uh, Chris Jericho and Edge struggled, and the pay-per-view was kind of messed up from the beginning. But I mean, if it was, if this was a Judgment Day or a Backlash or uh, an Over the Edge or something like that, it would have been a very good show. But it was called Extreme Rules, and that's where they dropped the ball. Yeah, but you gotta also understand. You gotta also understand. Remember, the SmackDown team was over. Most of the SmackDown team was overworked, especially Edge, Jericho, Mysterio, and Ray for the past week. You gotta remember they worked, I believe, five days out of the week. This week, well, I mean, really, all they did was work one one extra night because they would have had Monday night off because SmackDown doesn't run house shows against Raw anymore like they used to three or four years ago. And, I mean, honestly, you could make the argument that, that the Raw guys have had 10 days off so that they should have been a lot more uh, ready lot more to, to... They would have had a lot more time to plan out the matches and, and had time to work out and rest their bodies. I mean, I thought Orton and, and Swagger both really got hurt at the end of the match. You'll have to go back and see that to find out. But, yeah, I'm fine uh, watching it tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So definitely check that out for yourself. But, um, I mean, the guys worked hard. I mean... Like I said, I can't do a tenth of what they can do in the ring. But there's some something seemed to be off, and the fact that an Extreme Rules slash PG-13 edition of it kind of kept everybody going at like let's say at a let's say a half a half speed from a certain perspective from an Extreme Rules point of view. So yeah. it it kept them held back because they could have done a lot worse to each other than they normally would have. And like I said, all you need to do is go back to last year's Extreme Rules to see what they did. And if you compare it last year to this year, it's it's unbelievable the comparison. Yeah, last year, last year was a bit better. I mean, in all honesty, like I said, I'm giving it, I'm like I said, I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to give it a pass. The thing is, you know, most people say, oh, I could crap out a better pay-per-view than this. In all honesty, what, you may, what most fans, what most of us could book would not appeal to certain fans, we'd book like the craziest shit, and like you know, it'll turn certain people off. So like, I believe I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in saying, you know what, let them book it the way they want to book it, because it like obviously people are still buying it, so and still watching, still dropping down forty five to fifty dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, we paid forty five tonight, and. And CJ, you make an excellent point because all the the haters on the IWC basically say exactly what you said. I could I could shit out a better uh, booked uh, series of matches. Then you know what? Get on your blog, get on your website, and write out from WrestleMania 26 to tonight what you would have done 
even with the volcanic ash delay, and said, this, this is what I think. How do you compare it, readers, to what Real Wrestling Entertainment actually did? And, and put your money where your mouth is and say, this is how I would have booked these four weeks, and this is how I would have done it better, and that's why it would have been a better show. I completely agree with you. These guys can say everything they want, but they never try to prove how, how good these mysterious theories really are. Like I mean, I'll give another example. Like last night, I actually perfect. I actually booked between between tonight and the draft based on the matches. Obviously, I got the World Heavyweight Championship match wrong, but it could still happen that way. You can see Swagger moving back to Raw, which would be stupid, but still, you know. Stranger things have happened, my friend. Stranger things have happened. This is the WWE. Stranger things have definitely happened. But then again, you watch TNA and you see the strangest shit like Dixie Carter jobbing to the middle rope with Hulk Hogan giving the tag team effort to the rope. Exactly. What the hell? Exactly. Pretty crazy shit. Um, CJ, is there anything else before we let you go, bro? Uh, actually, let me just get off right now. You know, um, Have fun and uh, let's hope the butt hurt isn't strong tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, CJ. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Well said. Right. Well see said. you, man. All right. All right, guys, so we'll take a couple more calls before we wrap things up. So, again, if you want to give us a call, Sunday Night Showdown on your Skype account or 501-588-7957. Get your thoughts heard before we wrap this uh, fallout from Extreme Rules. The pay-per-view that I think Elmo and Big Bird could have had a match on tonight just to make the children in the arena a little happy. And you know what? If you're listening to us on the Ustream capabilities of your iPhone or your iPod Touch, let us know how it sounds because maybe there's something we can do to make it sound better because I know a lot of fans probably, if if I was uh, if I had an iPhone and I was driving from Calgary to Edmonton for some reason tonight, guys, I would love to listen to Sunday Night Showdown on my on my drive to keep a, an up-to-date version of uh, of the pay-per-view and get all the latest updates. So if you, if you listen to uh, the Ustream stuff on... On your iPhone, your iPod Touch, let us know how it, how it sounds because we'd be very interested to see how that technology works and see if we can do anything to improve it. Because if it sounds really good, then then uh, definitely uh, do it more often and encourage your friends to to check us out through that method. Absolutely, I'm glad that we actually have that technology, uh, the capabilities of that right now. I think it's I think it's a pretty cool little thing that we've got going here on Sunday Night Showdown, and I really enjoy the pay per view shows. But uh, you know what, tomorrow guys, is going to be very chaotic. I, I can't wait to see uh, what happens on this draft show. I think it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Shark, what are you expecting for tomorrow? I'm really sure about one thing with tomorrow night's 2010 draft lottery on Monday Night Raw, and that's, I'm not quite sure. Uh, with that said, we actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? How's it going, lads? This is the Straight Edge Cyberstar, Daryl O'Connor. Daryl O'Connor calling us from Ireland, buddy. What's going on? Ireland, not much. Not much. Just uh, trying to digest what I've just spent the last four hours watching. Um, I'm not going to give it a pass. I've already tore um, WB apart on my column this week, so uh, it's going to be hard not to do the same thing again tonight. It's not that I hated it. It's just I was disappointed in it more than anything else. You know, like. I built it up so much that I was really looking forward to it because I kind of do like the Extreme Rules whole idea of it now that it's PG and we see something different from them. But it's just, as I was saying in the chat earlier on, it's very, very tame. 
it's not that it, you know, oh God, we have no blood and there's no color, and that's just it. Just was very very tame, and to call something extreme rules and present it in such a you know kind of lackluster way where the lads were just kind of like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. Oh no, I can't do that. Okay, grand. Right, we'll just do some smosh ending. It's just why why not rename it? You know, they renamed everything else. It's just very very you know disappointing. Yeah, you know what, Dara? Tame is the perfect word. I mean, these guys don't want to kill each other and break each other's bones, but they could have done a lot more tonight and still been very safe with it. But yeah, tame is absolutely the perfect phrase for what this was, and too tame for Extreme Rules. Like I said with CJ, the pay-per-view, by any other name, this show is a very good show, but when it's Extreme Rules, it, it doesn't work. No, not at all. Like I, I was actually, I watched the first half of the pay per view with my dad, and he—he's not really a wrestling fan, but he was watching everything again, and he was just like, "Oh my God, what is this? Like, they're not even doing anything to each other. It just—it doesn't make any kind of sense." And I was watching it like, "Yeah, you're right. It, I, you know, this is not what it what what we expect to be. It wasn't pay per view quality. It wasn't even raw quality. It was just shit." Okay, by any other name, fair enough, Grant, it would have been, you know, a standard B pay-per-view. But for what was on the card and for what they had built it up to be, you know, it really didn't deliver at all. And say what you want, like, that's personally what I thought, and I say her watching it as well, and I just, I can't see it. Like, the Punk-Ray match was fantastic, but you got two ring generals in the ring there, and, you know, what they produced there was fantastic. And then I did really like the Swagger Orton match, even though, you know, the all kind of took us for a shock when, you know, Swagger went over. But two good matches isn't going to make up for a full pay-per-view, you know? I agree. How are you feeling tonight about uh, Sheamus going over Triple H? Quite happy with it, actually. When the pay-per-view started off, it was like, oh, cool. You know, this is is interesting. And then when uh, the match itself was was actually decent enough, you know, it, it wasn't like... Triple H, you know, supposedly hurting his arm and then supposedly having nerve damage was a bit lame, considering the fact that he only got hit with a, you know, a pipe once or once or twice. But uh, the match itself was pretty good. It's pretty well paced out, and there's one or two nice spots in it as well. You know, uh, Sheamus is his character now is starting to get over more with more and more people. So give him more time, and if they, you know, if they do build on this and he has some uh, good more series of matches on Raw or SmackDown, I think he'll just stay on Raw. But um, we're probably going. This is you now a big start of you know Sheamus's year. I can definitely see him being remaining up in the main, uh, the top higher mid card or the main event, considering the fact he haven't got that much heels and raw now. You know. Oh no, I I completely agree, and I'm actually glad to see that Sheamus went over tonight because when you look at it, uh, you know, a lot of people have been shitting on Sheamus over the last you know little uh, eight nine months. You know, after he won the uh, the title off of John Cena, mm. what a lot of people thought it was a fluke and. A lot of people felt like he didn't belong where he is, but I think tonight he kind of cemented that he is a star in this company, and Triple H putting him over uh, definitely cements that, and I'm, I'm glad to see the way that they ended this. Like I said, my prediction was that Triple H was going to go over, and then Sheamus was going to cause that extra damage to put sh- uh, Triple H on the shelf, but I'm, I'm very happy that that prediction was wrong, because honestly, I think Sheamus deserved the win, and I can't wait to see what he brings uh, to the table the rest of the year over in the E. Mm, definitely. Like, uh, Sheamus had to go over tonight because after losing at WrestleMania, um, 
it did kind of take a bit away from the feud. He started off strong today, and then you know putting out Triple H and you know putting him over as being that kind of psychotic kind of character, and then by kind of you know ending the match very very well, actually getting the pinfall on Triple H was you know it was a big moment for him. Uh, that was you know that match that match kind of you know was a bit of a highlighted pay per view. But I just want to say one thing about the main event if I can. You know, the promo that John Cena cut on Raw, where he said he'd swim the Atlantic if he couldn't get over to the pay-per-view, I would have preferred that. I think that would have been hilarious. <laughs> I'd put down good money to see that. I would have, but too. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, the, your your synopsis of John Cena swimming across the Atlantic is, is exceedingly funny, uh, Dara. And thanks for your, uh, your perspectives on the uh, less-than-stellar Extreme Rules pay-per-view tonight. And... Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I really think that uh, uh, more is what I expected and more is definitely not what I got. Uh, but having yeah. said that, um, I think it's a good lead-in with what's going to happen tomorrow night at the 2010 Draft Lottery on Monday Night Raw. And uh, really, your monster heel, the World Wrestling Entertainment now, is none other than Sheamus, unequivocally. I agree. And that's what they needed to create him into, and they've done a very good job in doing that. And Sheamus has done a very good job in putting himself over, in my humble estimation. Let me ask you guys a quick question, and Dara, this applies to you too. Okay. I want you to think of the last guy that came into the company and within a year of debuting on television had a win over John Cena and a win over Triple H within one year's time? Well, I would say, obviously, I'm going to, the person will say, you know, John Cena wasn't on top, but uh, Brock Lesnar had a kind of similar kind of run when he came in, you know, going over major guys like Kurt Angle and that went uh, back in, in the early noughties, uh, but Seamus has kind of had a similar run like that, and it's really, really interesting to see that He's gone to this monster heel kind of character. Now, I'm not sure how many people over in States and Canada are familiar with IWW, but that's the that was the local promotion here that he was in. And a lot of those matches are pretty, you know, brutal. And that's the start of his character, where you can see him going in and being this kind of Celtic curse, Celtic warrior kind of character and going in and being this monster heel. And that's very, very interesting. Now, the quality isn't great, but if, you, if anyone is interested in watching it, you know, it's not bad viewing. <laughs> I think it's a sign of things to come because when Seamus did debut I was kind of waiting to see if he would go into that mold and it, it did take a couple of months to go into it but the way they booked it is fantastic No, I would agree is there anything else before we let you go Dara? Um, no that's pretty much it I'll, I'm uh, sorry I haven't been calling in that much but uh, I'm kind of finished with college now for a little while so you know I have all the time in the world <laughs> well you're always welcome to call in man and uh, we definitely appreciate your feedback no problem thanks for having me on guys Hey, no problem, Daryl. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Talk to you, Bye. All right, guys. I think we're going to take one more call, and then we're going to wrap this show up as we're uh, looking at almost an hour overtime tonight here on the program. Kind of a, a post-show that I wasn't expecting to do, but, uh, you know, we got a lot of things to talk about, and uh, I wanted to hear from uh, from your perspectives exactly what you thought of the pay-per-view tonight. Again, there was a lot of mixed reactions in the chat tonight as, as, a, as it results to John Cena and Batista we all knew John Cena was going to go over, but again, I kind of feel that the ending to that match, although hilarious, was very weak and demeaned everything that those guys put each other through 
in that match, uh, that the finish after attitude adjustment this, attitude adjustment that, Batista bomb, Batista bomb, table spot, table spot, uh, ring barrier spot, that the way you're going to beat somebody is to tie their legs to a ring post so that they cannot get to their feet. I just felt it was cheap and, uh, again, redonkulous. And, and that is my opinion, and that's fine. I, you don't have to agree with me, and, and I'm completely cool that you don't. But, again, that's my opinion, and you know I'm just putting it out there for people to shit on. So that's the way I kind of see it. Well, you know what? Uh, when we look at other matches that were featured tonight, I was very happy that that Beth Phoenix was the winner of the women's match. Michelle McCool, Layla, and and Vicky Guerrero needed to, to have this whole thing finally stop. They were beaten by uh, Mickey James in about 10 seconds before WrestleMania, and then they were beaten by Beth Phoenix. But like I said, when you have a strip stipulation of, of an extreme makeover type of situation, which doesn't go anywhere, it it just makes the, the whole show look look that much less, which, which is why... Um, my opinion of the entire show drops off. I mean, does this mean that Natalia and Beth Phoenix will have a series of fantastic women's matches? Well, we'd all like to hope so, but there ain't no way. Not unless uh, Beth at this point is uh, turned heel again. Then it could happen, maybe. Well, yeah, because it looks like Natty has uh, has officially turned face. Absolutely. Along with the rest of the Hart Dynasty, yeah. which is fine. I like them better as a face tag team. We'll see how that kind of plays out. And certainly the rub that they're getting from uh, Uncle Brett is uh, really skyrocketing their career. And I, I fully expect them to attain unified tag team belts tomorrow night on Raw. Or at least have a first match in a long uh, uh, feud with Showmiz, which probably might be the case. Uh, we've got a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? This is Randy, and yes, I am not dead. I just wasn't there for a little while. Shit happened on 420 that I kind of don't want to talk about. <laughs> or if y'all want to hear about it, then I'll talk about it. Well, first of all, we're glad to hear you're still alive there, Randy. Well, it wasn't that I was dead. It's just I didn't have my laptop, my phone, and other stuff, so it ain't like anybody knew where I was. Out of y'all. I hear you. So what was your overall perception tonight of uh, Extreme Rules? All right, I got to see a little bit of it. I saw around, shit, what part was it? Um, it was, stick around the Divas match, or was the match before the Divas match? As a plane flies above him, I think. Sounded like a toilet flushing. <laughs> or somewhere around there, but anyway, um, it was an oak, it was... I got to see like little bits of it as I was chatting, whatever, doing that, but it wasn't impressive to me from what I saw and from what else I'm seeing from from this little replay. But WWE could have done better, but yeah, everybody says, yeah, they could book better or whatever, that, that um, the volcano messed up the booking. Even with the volcano and whatever back in Iceland, they still had the booking idea pretty much well intact. Because they were going to get back home in time, so the volcano's not a reason for the bad booking. They just didn't put their A game. When usually the pay-per-view after WrestleMania, usually a pretty good pay-per-view, especially when it's supposed to be backlash. But no, we had to have extreme rules because it needs to be extreme. But I didn't see anything extreme about that. 
steel cage match had its moments, but when he expected a steel cage match, a lot of blood, and there was none to be. So, bad name for it, they should go back to Backlash, pretty much, and other bunch of bullshit. Well, and I, I don't smoke too much weed, CJ. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I guarantee you that next year we probably will not have Extreme Rules. No. After tonight, I, I think the buy rate for this one's going to suck. I, I really don't think that there's going to be an Extreme Rules because they're in this habit of wanting to change pay-per-view names. So who knows? Maybe this year we'll, we'll finally get Summerfest. Uh, you know, they'll change yeah. the name of SummerSlam. You never know. Well, are we still going to have TLC and Hell in a Cell and all that other stuff? I would think not, considering chair shots to the head have been banned. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And uh, obviously we're going to have Fatal 4-Way and Money in the Bank. And I mean, I, I, I can remember the last uh, cage match I saw Chris Jericho in. That was when he defeated uh, Batista. The last cage match I can remember, he defeated Batista in a very, very good match, and he carried Batista very well because no, a lot of people didn't think they'd have a lot of chemistry, but obviously um, Jericho called everything in the ring, and that match was very, very good. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But yeah, uh, two, not stinkers, but two kind of disappointments in a row. And I mean, the, as we talked about live during that match, Shark, those guys are... are synonymous with this area and they've probably known each other for 20 years and uh it just just some something seemed off and like i said edge has just seemed off since he's come back maybe like cena when he tore uh the muscles in his shoulder maybe he came back too quick well we can sit here till the cows come home dave and and jj and and surmise about why things happen the way that they do but uh, i agree with you 150 percent uh, Dave, in, in the fact that that match, considering the build and considering uh, the the work rate and, and work ethic that both Edge and Chris Jericho have had in past matches with each other and leading into tonight's Extreme Rules cage match pay-per-view, um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it just seems to me that, that Edge's game was off for whatever reason, be it physical or otherwise. And... Um, Chris Jericho's work tonight in the cage was uh, a par for the course and pretty standard for him. Um, I really like the one spot where he uh, springboarded off the top rope across diagonally on the other side of the ring where where Edge was in, in the ropes and he, he, uh, he came off and gave him the code breaker out of the ropes. That was very, uh, very unique, and I had never seen Jericho do that before. And, and as, as good as some of the spots in the match was I, I really was left uh, um, wanting more and, and feeling that uh, it, it, it wasn't a very good indication of what both Chris Jericho and Edge are capable of. You know, I, I, I want to read it one, one point before, uh, before we move on. As far as what you're talking about uh, with the spots in all of these matches, one of the things that I have come to just really dislike about professional wrestling in this day and age and yes, I'm going to reference, you know, the late 80s, the early 90s. A finisher is supposed to end a match, okay? When I see three or four finishers hit on somebody and they're still kicking out of the finisher, it completely kills the idea of having a finish in professional wrestling. I mean, this all started really 
with Austin and Rock kicking out of each other's finishers, and it's kind of gone to a level where it just gets way too chaotic. I mean... It is redonkulous, and, and really, all kidding aside, I, I couldn't agree with you more, JJ. I mean, if you have a finisher like a code breaker or an execution or a spear, and your opponent or opponents on a regular basis or even on a semi-regular basis are kicking out of your feared finisher, it diminishes the believability in the fans' minds to take in the fact Oh my God! What a finish! I mean, you don't see anybody kicking, or not too. I don't remember anybody kicking out of the Tombstone pile driver by the Undertaker, um, the last ride. Shawn or, Michaels. Okay, but not too many, right? So when it does happen, it's like, oh my God, he kicked out. But when you see it happening all the time, it's time for either one of two things to happen, and that for the booking committee to take a look in the mirror and see for themselves in their own mirror how ridiculous their booking has become, or for the worker to be fed a new finisher. And, um, you know, it's time for a change, and the winds of change are blowing. And certainly they'll blow hard tomorrow night with the draft lottery, and uh, we need change. And I just want to say, Randy, is there anything else you want to talk about before we, uh, we head out of here? Yeah, with the finisher thing. I feel like I could agree with that to an extent. I feel like like a Michaels Undertaker match, an epic match like that, a Mania match, or a big-time match, yeah, you can have the kick-out of finishers, but not necessarily in your run-of-the-bill match. Like, say, your Edge Jericho. Well, maybe Edge Jericho, because they can put on a great match. A little underwhelming, but it depends on the occasion. If it's like some undercard match, then nah, don't waste it on that. If it's the main event where people are paying to see it, maybe one or two, but don't overdo it. Like, Michaels and Undertaker did it well. But you just had to you know the right opportunity. Well, when it comes to kicking out of each other's finishes, I think WrestleMania is the one day a year where you can get away with it. Because it's 70,000 fans, it's the biggest night of the year, it's a main event or a semi-main event where people expect a, fin- they expect a match that's not going to be a typical Monday night match. Um, when it comes to finishers tonight, guys, I thought the finish of of uh, Jack Swagger and Randy Orton, while very innovative with the uh, the the the, uh, the chair shot to the back, was kind of stunted because Jack Swagger, after he had control, didn't hit his finisher to end it. And when Jack Swagger, or excuse me, when Sheamus beat Triple H, it was just out of a series of moves. Swa- uh, Sheamus just goes for the the pin and he gets it. He didn't have his specific finish to end well, the match, hold, hold, and that hold. certainly has. And, and that certainly was what kind of threw off the crowd in Baltimore tonight. Oh wow, it's over! Did, did you watch the same match that we did with Swagger and uh, and Randy Orton? Because I'm pretty sure that after the chair spot, Swagger hit his finish. He hit the gut well, wrench power bomb. Yeah. Well, to me, that's not okay. Well, then maybe to me that's not a great finish. To me, he should be using the the Vader bomb as his finish because no, but, that has a lot more impact and it's a, has a lot more finality to it. Well, it's a power bomb in essence, and power bombs are used as finishers, like. Batista uses the Batista bomb. Kevin Nash uses the jackknife. Swagger uses a gut wrench, which is fine. And it really accentuated the point that when Randy Orton botched the RKO, went through the chair with his back, Jack Swagger hits the power bomb onto to his back for the finish and gets the finish. That's completely believable. I don't see where you're coming with that. Well, maybe I just am not. I 
haven't seen a lot of swagger matches to be able to conclude that that's his absolute finish. To me, the Vader bomb is would work a lot better. Uh, but like I said, with Sheamus and Triple H, the finish sort of came out of, sort of came out of nowhere because he could have he could have hit that Celtic cross uh, outsider's edge. He but don't but don't forget, so Dave, the the fact that uh, you know there was five big boots really knocked yeah. knocked uh, um, Triple H out, and and that was the beginning of the end. No, absolutely. So, Randy, I guess we'll talk to you later, buddy. Thanks for calling in tonight. All right. Peace out. Thanks, Randy. All right, guys. Before we get out of here, I actually do have another caller on the line. I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring him on the show. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? Okay, apparently I don't have another caller on the show. Very interesting. I I had somebody on hold there, so that was very, uh, well, whatever. Sean, are you there? All right, Sean is not there. All right, fuck it. We're going to go ahead and end the show. We'll do it live. Win the show. What the hell? <laughs> We're going to end the show? We are going to end the Good show. Good old end-named contact. Uh, so his mic is dead. All right, well, we're going to end the show. Sorry about that, but uh, show's over, folks. It's It's been four hours that we've been broadcasting this show. Four it hours. It only seems like two. Oh, no, it feels like four. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, it you, does. You a little whacked? <laughs> it, it, do, it does feel like four. Uh, there was a lot uh, to take in tonight. There was. There really yeah. was. And I don't mean to shit on the pay-per-view. I think it was about... You know, a little bit above average. I just expected more, given the fact that uh, last year's Extreme Worlds was so good, and this was far inferior to last year's offering. And uh, you know, with the new PG thirteen um, no bl- no color scenario that WWE is going through right now, I kind of expected what we got, but I expected more. And uh, what I'm expecting tomorrow night. Is certainly a whole bunch of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm jacked about tomorrow night. I really think that uh, uh, the changing of the WWE roster landscape is going to be fun. It's a new beginning. It's uh, setting some some new, hopefully, uh, feuds and and matches and programs leading into the summertime blowoff that is Summer Sham, Summerfest, Absolutely. whatever the hell they're going to call whatever it. Whatever they're going, yeah, exactly. We don't know. It could it could change in a month. But, uh, guys, this has been uh, Extreme Rules right here on Sunday Night Showdown. Exclusively at SundayNightShowdown.com. The flagship, baby. <laughs> yeah, the flagship of this network. And, Crelly, your time is coming. Yeah, keep keep thinking that. Well, you know what? I, I had a perfect song of the night, and then I lost it. So, uh, I'm in kind of a mood. And, uh, you know, in case you didn't know, again, this is Sunday Night Showdown. We'll talk to you guys Tomorrow night, Wrestling News Live, myself and the Trey Dog, uh, covering Monday Night Raw. All the big draft picks we'll take care of tomorrow night on this very network. So, guys, with that said, on behalf of Mark the Shark DiCarlo, uh, the worldwide phenomenon, who will be keeping his name, by the way, Internet Dave, and, of course, myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. We're getting out of here, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night for Wrestling News Live. Fuck all you hoes. Yeah, this album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all good, baby, baby. Uh.
it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Pizza, raw G, Brucey B, kick the free. Funk, master flex, love bug, star ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. Uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga. And personal with Robin Leach And I'm far from cheap I smoke stuff with my peeps all day Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way The Moet and Allen they keep me pissy Girls used to diss me Now they write letters cause they miss me I never thought it could happen This rapping stuff I was too used to packing gats and stuff Now honeys play me close like butter play coast From the Mississippi down to the East Coast Condos and Queens in dough for weeks So loud seats to hear Biggie Small speak Living life without fear Putting five carrots in my baby girl ear Lunches, brunches, interviews by the pool Considered a fool cause I dropped out of high school Stereotypes of a black male misunderstood And it's still all good, uh And if you don't know, now you know, nigga When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this 50-inch screen, money green, leather sofa Got two rides, a limousine with the chauffeur Phone bill about 2G flat No need to worry, my accountant handles that And my whole crew is lounging Celebrating every day, no more public housing Thinking back on my one-room shack Now my mom pips a act with minks on her back And she loves to show me off, of course Smiles every time my face is up in the sauce we used to fuck when the landlord dissed us, no heat, wonder why Christmas missed us. Birthdays was the worst days, now we sip champagne when we thirsty. Uh, damn right I like the life I live, cause I went from negative to positive and it's all. And if you don't know, now you know, bitches. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga.
Jesus. <laughs> 